Hello there, fellow Star Wars nerds, and welcome to Unlimited Content, the podcast where two brothers talk about all of Star Wars film and TV in chronological order on the internet as an excuse to hang out more. We're your hosts, Sam and Jack, and this week we're talking about The Clone Wars, Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12, Dooku Captured and the Gungan General. Sam, Jack, it's you. It's me. You're here. Hello. Hi. Unprecedented. It is good to see you, my friend. It's good to see and you, And my too. brother. How are you? I, I'm your friend and your brother. That's true. You I'm are both. Yes, that's cool. I didn't know I could be both oh, of those you things. Can. And now and I've you learned do it, it well, and I feel good. You should. Cool. Well, you're just my brother and not my friend. Dang it! Or you're just my friend and not only only one at a time at, at any given time. Yeah. So, well, speaking of just being one of those things and not being two of those things, uh, uh-huh. we have one of my we have a friend of mine who is not my brother, uh, and <laughs> all transition. y'all know him. You guys have heard his voice before. Welcome to the podcast. Mr. Jason. Jason, how are you? Uh, Sam, Count Dracula, how are you doing? Wait, <laughs> wait, I came up with a new one. And a new this one? one's appropriate, yeah. Uh, it's not Hoover Spain. Sam? I like Space that one. Sam. Space Sam. You know? Space Sam. Space, Sam. Space Jam. Oh, but also, okay, okay. Come on and slam, and welcome to the, the Sam. Sam. Come there on and slam, and welcome to the, to the Sam. <laughs> uh also star wars is in space so that's Ooh. so it's extra relevant wow. Two for one. Layers. look at us <laughs> look at us who'd have thought not me yeah oh man army well it's so cool having you on jason we, yeah. we've, i mean we've had you on before but never in live uh such an immediate capacity Indeed. Yeah. so it's it's great to <laughs> to finally get to, to to see you and i and we've never met so we, hello we jason have not, but nice to meet you <laughs> yeah. jason would you like that. to introduce yourself tell the people who you are and more important well not more importantly but just as importantly uh what star wars means to you how are you first introduced to star wars what role does star wars play in your life would you consider yourself a casual fan somebody who's never watched star wars before somebody who's obsessed with star wars uh take it away okay uh so i'm jason uh sam and i went to college together i believe the first time we actually met was when we stole i want to say one of your instruments cecilia oh, yeah you stole my guitar that was that <laughs> was alex's Alex. that was alex's doing not oh, I know. not me yeah i know okay 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 uh <laughs> um so i am i am based in cincinnati where all things flow uh horrible for for sports <laughs> Oh, I didn't know where we were going with that. All things I, I'm like, bad? I don't know. No, uh, we're just all dreams lead to the yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, in terms of Is that Star a fighting Wars. Yes. Oh, all, yeah, all roses lead to Rome, all drains lead to the ocean, and all sports bad successes flow no. away from Cincinnati. Yeah, bad, yeah, there it is. Yes. Away from, I mean, oh, don't, don't get me started on Sam and I's <laughs> discussion with. Kansas City and mm-hmm. and Dallas. Yeah. I mean, in Dallas, yeah. I have the double misfortune, in, at least from Jason's perspective, of being a Cowboys fan and a Chiefs fan, having grown up in Dallas and being a lifetime <laughs> Cowboys fan, and uh, now having lived in Kansas City for like six years, uh, almost all of which is the Patrick Mahomes era of the Chiefs. I have yeah. to cheer for the Chiefs. That's, I would be exiled. I mean, I, I, mean I don't blame you. Like if. <sighs> If it's like mid two thousands and we move to New England, it's like 
I'm going to get a Tom Brady jersey. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's I'd, like moving to New England at the beginning of the Tom Brady era. It's kind of what it feels like. I'd, I'd hate, I, I hate myself looking from the outside, but from the inside, I see your perspective. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's sports. That's sports. No, that that's sports not what, what we're that's not what we're talking about though. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, Star Wars. I remember uh, vacationing. With my, it was my mom's side of the family, um, and my sister. I think she broke her nose. My parents stayed back. I oh, went gosh. with my cousins, and we got to the hotel. And I was, I was doing something. I was probably playing my Game Boy. It's a fair assumption at that age. I was like four. Okay. Um. And I came downstairs, and it's the scene from Return of the Jedi uh, with Luke and Vader at Palpatine's throne room. Mm. And and so Return of the Jedi holds a, a you know good place in my heart. Like that was my mm-hmm. introduction to it. Um, obviously, then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna watch four and five. And then, oh, like, at that time, Phantom Menace is going to come out. Wow, that Jar Jar guy's the best character ever. <laughs> and Because you so, were, what, six when it came out? Uh, you're, you're a year younger than me, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so you were about six um, when it came out. Yeah. And, and then uh, Attack of the Clones came out. And I'm like, wow, this is this is the best movie ever. Uh, I remember rewatching right. it a ton uh, on a portable DVD player, oh, and yeah. and I'm just like, wow, this is so good. And I haven't rewatched it since maybe I don't know, oh eight. Give pro- give could be off. It's been a while. Um, yeah. yeah, but I I rewatched it. Um, to go along with the podcast and i'm like oh god that (laughs) does it hold up or does it hold up come on man no Uh, (laughs) the dialogue is i just impeccable it's the best you're not allowed to say anything bad about it the best This it's, is a pro attack of the clones. Yeah, George, Lucas, George Lucas is known for his impeccable dialogue writing. All I don't right, know what you're right. talking about. You know what? You know what? Touche. Um, no. If you're on unlimited content, we welcome all opinions except the ones we disagree with. That's, I mean, yeah. Um, no. Sorry, Ice. Um, not Hoth. Yeah, um, so you, you grew up on Star Wars. Like, Star I grew Wars up on Star Wars. been part of your childhood um, from basically the beginning. Yeah, and I I did not watch Clone Wars or Rebels even uh, until, I guess, pan, uh, late pandemic. Like, um, I'd say 2021, so only two years. Yeah. And... I, I still haven't seen all of Clone Wars. Um, really? I so one of my best friends. Um, he was in my. He sang at my wedding. Um, I was texting him one night, and he's like, "Oh, like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just watching 
Clone Wars, and we got into like talking about it, and he's like, "Well, wait, like, what episode are you at?" And I'm like, "I'm on like season season five, I think, like f- episode fourteen or fifteen. And he's like, "Stop what you're doing, go back and watch these episodes once you're done, but you have to watch like the last three episodes. You'll thank me once you're done." And I'm like. Okay, Bradley, you're you're a trustworthy guy, like, and and that is you know foreshadow the uh, Ahsoka arc leaving the the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which episodes did he tell you to go back and watch? It's the uh, there were droid droid filler arc. Um, I'd have to look them up. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm curious which ones he, he thought were necessary for good prep for those those episodes. Yeah. Well, you've you finished the series, though, right? Oh, yeah. Aside, okay, aside from, like, those episodes. I, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. When I watched the, the, through the Clone Wars for the first time, I had only... I only watched the essential arcs, like, just for, like, the main plot points. I skipped all the filler episodes. So I'm a lot of these filler episodes, quote-unquote, I'm watching for the oh. first time right now. And, like... And, it's so much fun like the uh what was it the bombad jedi i'd never seen that before and it was a blast oh with it was fun yeah uh, the the jar jar Jar. yeah 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 Yeah, that was it was a lot of fun i'd never seen it before it was a blast so no shame welcome yeah yeah well jason we are super glad to have you on this is uh Uh, it's great it's great man yeah i'm so glad to be on thank you guys so much yeah Jack Ford. Yes. How are you? What have you been up to? You've been reading anything, watching anything, doing anything fun? Well, um No. Lame. But also <laughs> let's see. Have, you, have you been simulating also, have you been simulating power washers? Is that have you been I have, yes. Okay. Uh, but before we get further into anything, I, we need, we have a, a sponsor. Oh, we have bills to pay. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, sponsor. Yeah, Sam. How dare you're I? Skipping over our wow. very we're gonna go broke, Sam. We are. That's my bad. I'm I'm going off the cuff. I don't have the script in front of me. I'm just I'm winging it here, man. I'm winging. <laughs> They're gonna it. evict us from the virtual apartment we both live in wow. for the sake of the in, podcast. In the metaverse or something. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna evict us from Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. <laughs> yeah. No, that thing is that's very important to my life. The metaverse. <laughs> the thing that's such a good idea and works and everybody loves it. Uh, <laughs> this week's episode. Of all limited content is brought to you by the cool side of the pillow. Hey, hey. big fan of that. One of those simple joys in life. Love that. I I had speaking of the cool side of the pillow. I had some friends in high school. They reco- I was I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. Yeah, <laughs> they they recorded a jazz album that they called the cool side of the pillow. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. I do remember that. It was a yeah. great album. I don't know if I have it. I might somewhere. Probably at, parent, at mom and dad's house. It's very rare and important. It's a seminal album in the history of jazz. Yeah, in that it was a bunch of high schoolers in a high school jazz program. <laughs> I'm sure it was great. Yeah, uh, it was great live. I don't know about. Yeah. I don't remember listening to it, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure in theory it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, yeah. I guess let, let, we'll move on now to the actual what we've been up to and whatnot. Uh, the content of a limited content. Yes, the content and whatnot. 
Uh, yeah, so as for what I've been up to, it, yeah, this is another one of those weeks where I've kind of just been doing the same thing. Still catching up on Critical Role, still playing Power Wash Simulator. I Power Washed uh, a Ferris wheel. Yeah, you did. That was, oh. <laughs> yeah, you that did. was fun. It was cool. It was difficult, though, because there's there so many like nooks and crannies, and it's also very tall, so I had to move my scaffolding around a lot <laughs> in order to get oh, to all the different places. Now, uh, I... Sorry. Um, Jack, I just want to say... Yes. If you just did a podcast about the power washing, <laughs> I, I'd, st- I'd listen just as much. Um, I, I was listening to the one with your guys' cousin. Um, with Andy? Yeah, with Andy. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, like you brought up the power washing. And I'm like, oh, yes, I love that. I love that part of this episode. <laughs> yes, Jack's talking about video games yes. where you power wash this things. Simulator again. power washing. Oh, <laughs> doesn't get better. It does not get better. Yeah, no. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> you enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah. So power wash simulator. Um, critical role. I'm still catching up on. I'm, I'm getting closer to, to being caught up. Uh, I, I'm on an episode right now where like. Basically, in the current campaign, uh, several episodes ago, there was a big event, and then the party got separated. Um, and so, for one chunk of time, there were a few episodes that were just one half of the party, and then there were another set of episodes that were just the other half. And I've just gotten to the episode where they reunite, and hey. it's very exciting and, and heartwarming. But it's also, like, <laughs> along the way, they also met other characters that were, like, guest players who came on the show. And now they they're all in one place. And so there's like ten players at once in this episode. <laughs> oh wow! It's very crowded. That but it's also it's also fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. What's the yes, is, I, there, I is there like a a theme to this like latest like round or playthrough of D and D that they're doing? Like, what's like the what's the, if you could summarize it without doing spoilers? What's the what's the twist? Um, I would say so. It, it's it, this takes place in the same like fantasy world uh, of Exandria is the name of it, uh, where the first two campaigns also took place. Um, it's a little bit in the future from the previous campaigns, and uh, it is about, as most D&D campaigns are, a motley crew of adventurers going and doing things. Um, but they're trying to solve this mystery that has to do with uh, the moon. There, there are two moons in Exandria, and one of them is the Red Moon, Ruidus. And mm-hmm. they are... Uh, there's some things having to do with people who were born under the light of the red moon have powers and now there are like things happening and there's mystery and uh the fate of the world may be involved so um anyway very very, it's been a very good campaign i've I've enjoyed it a lot campaign one was great um but it was very like uh kind of classic D D. uh you know, a very classic D&D adventuring party. They're just, they're heroes going on adventures and, and saving the world. Uh, campaign two was much more like a bunch of misfits and weirdos. And it was kind of a, a darker, sadder story, but it's still very good. Um, and then this one, I feel like is kind of in between. Um, I like a lot of the characters in this particular campaign. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really solid campaign so far. And I really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, um, catching up on that and still enjoying it very much. Uh, and then I guess the other thing, uh, which is not new, but it's uh, I've, I've been keeping up with my adventures with Superman. 
the I've heard about that. <clears throat> tell tell me tell you about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 briefly talked do we, about do it. We, I think okay, on, okay, that's where I heard about it. Yes. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason, I don't think you've heard about it because it's on an episode that hasn't come out yet. Well, um, unless you've but, heard about it outside of the podcast. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> unless you've heard about it from reality. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this is this is a show on. I think it's on Adult Swim. Uh, but it's it's not like an adult show. It's it's very. It's like I would say it's like kid appropriate. Um, but basically, uh, imagine like uh, the early years of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen uh, being uh, like reporters at the Daily Planet. They're interns. Okay. Um, but imagine that, but told through the like the lens of like what if that was a romantic comedy anime, basically. <laughs> It's, okay. it's it's very good it, it's it's super cute and a lot of fun and uh f- like from the get-go there's a focus on like uh, clark and lois having a crush on each other and this sort of like you know them being cute and the will they won't they yeah. sort of thing um and uh yeah i i've really been enjoying it and the other thing that uh now that i've gotten a little bit further into the season uh that i am surprised about is uh, they're putting a pretty big emphasis on like mystery and sci-fi elements in the show, which which is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's it's not your sort of typical Superman like it's it's a sort of a different take, a different spin on the Superman aesthetic and mythos, where it's like it's very sci-fi focused and very kind of there's a lot of lore that they kind of discover over time, and it's it's a lot of the the, the stories about Clark discovering kind of his origins as a Kryptonian kind of learning about okay. himself and learning about his powers. And, um, and they also really, they, they play into the fact that Lois is an investigative reporter. And so there is, there's like actual mystery there. And then she kind of gets, you know, she's just as much of a main character as Clark is. And they are going on, you know, they're investigating things and there's government conspiracies. And the most recent episode felt very kind of like almost stranger things. And then there's like, like Ooh. hidden scientific government research facilities and they're going through the woods and there's a mystery and it's yeah it's super cool um yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying that and i definitely recommend it i've been watching it on hbo max or sorry max, max. because <laughs> because whatever yeah. thank you david zaslov i heard that uh it is it is max's platform but yeah. Max, sorry to burst your bubble, <laughs> but the reason I heard that they uh, they changed it from HBO Max to Max is that they don't have to pay the HBO tax on things. Like, because it doesn't have the prestige name of HBO, they don't have to pay prestige prices anymore. <clears throat> yeah, that's, um, I would not be surprised if that's the case. That's That sounds about right. Um, I also heard, I, I think I, I read that it was David Zaslav's idea specifically. Like he was like, we should, we should, we should just call it Max. And everybody's like, that's stupid, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in charge, I guess. But you're the billionaire um, who doesn't know how things work. So we'll listen to you. Yeah. Um, I, th- I feel like, you know, may- maybe I'm, I'm completely talking out of my ass here. I don't, I don't remember. I, I feel like I remember. Jack Dax's that, whole like, podcast. Lost. That's what all you and I do. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's yeah. podcast. So, and, and why stop part, now? The best part is <laughs> unlimited. Hey. Unlimited talking out of my ass. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think, I feel like I heard that they, uh, like, lost a ton of subscribers on the switchover. Yeah. Because <laughs> people were like, oh, I guess I don't need this anymore. Like, like when when they like were like asked to re up for it or or yeah it was like you know whatever it was like almost two million subscribers 
Yeah, yeah. something nuts like that. I was like, cool, good job. I'm glad this rebranding campaign is going well for you. Also, people are angry about, like, apparently the they made an entirely new app for it, for all the devices, and it's like, there's no longer an HBO Max. There's an HBO Max app that you can't use anymore, and now there's also a Max app, which is a different app. So they made a new app instead of just like, changing yeah. the names and the logos in the, the old app. Objectively which, silly. Like, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a weird corporate law reason why they did it that way or whatever. You know what? It, there's there's a 50-50 chance it has something to do with tax evasion. But, 100%. You know. Yeah. No, I'm, all my money's in, in that basket. All yeah. the no money that I have because I'm poor. But <laughs> what are you talking about? We have unlimited money from our unlimited sponsors. Unlimited credits that will do fine. But those aren't dollars, Jack. Yeah. <sighs> Apparently, credits will not do fine when it comes to the United States government. No, and... they do fine here, <laughs> but when it comes to like nah, bank, when it comes to like Bank of America, they're like, no, nah, credits will not do fine. <sighs> Lame. I know. Well, all right. Uh, but yeah, those are kind of the, the things I've been up to. Nothing really new. At the, at the moment, but enjoying the things that I'm, I'm still doing. Uh, Jason, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been up to? Any any interesting events going on in your life? Any media that you've been consuming that you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I'll go, I'll go the way you guys have it. Uh, books. I found a book at my library. Um, it's called Console Wars, and it kind of explains uh -huh. the... Sega slash Nintendo battle going on, um, cool, cool, cool. or like the the early early nineties, um, and it starts off with like a story of um, this high up from Mattel, you know, who, I mean, Barbie is still blockbuster right now, um, mm -hmm. and and like at at first the. Um, it was like the CEO brought him in and was like, oh, no, we're doing so bad. And he's like, no, we're not. Like, all we have to do is, you know, revamp it. Give, like, Barbie some friends. Give her, like, you know, this car, this limited edition, like, clothing and all this stuff. And it went from uh, bringing in $50 million a year to $430 million um the next year um wow. yeah yes money 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 indeed <laughs> um <clears throat> so that's that's one book uh i also that's cool i i so actually i have not read console wars but i have it on my shelf in the other room <laughs> yeah. i got it at half price books i think and it's it's uh it's been on my list of things to read um yeah also, i i've i'm a little bit familiar with the kind of the history of, of that era of like the sega versus nintendo thing and and when you you were talking about like the the, the story of the kind of how they changed things up uh like my understanding is that it was during the kind of sega versus nintendo console war that the idea of video games being for boys became a thing because the idea was that like you know, before, like, like for a long time, video games were advertised as either being like computer things or as being toys, basically. Yeah. And they were they were not gendered. They were just like, you know, things that anybody could enjoy because, of course, they are. But then in yeah. order to, like, basically increase sales of things, they decided to double down on, like, video games are a boys thing and you're cool if you play video games. And so all the, the advertisements for video games from the 90s are, like, all hyper-masculine and... <laughs> You know, and so that contributed to kind of the 
uh, on the one hand, it kind of saved the video games industry, but on the other hand, it, you know, contributed to this unfortunate stereotype and, and being, and a lot of people being excluded from, from this community, like to this day. Yeah. So, that yeah, probably also you know. explains like why a lot of video games, like, especially early on, like where it's nowadays, like the pendulum swinging back and it's kind of like becoming a more open and broad and accepting kind of like yeah. thing. Thankfully. Yes. Yes. But like, I feel like a lot of like early video games are all like shoot 'em ups or sports or say the princess of dragons. Like very yeah. like stereotypical like boy things. You know, like those yes, are lots of action. Yeah. I mean I mean yeah. Nintendo's I mean two best uh series. Uh I was about to say same thing. But I mean it's Mario where he Defeats Bowser, saves Princess, Peach. Um, and then you have Zelda. Sorry. Yeah, Zelda. Yeah. Um, where you play as Link and you, you know, go and defeat Ganon and... and save the Princess, yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, which and then then the third most popular one is just dog fighting, but with more different kinds of dogs. <laughs> Star Fox? No, no, it's... Uh, no, Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. Oh, oh! Well, I, you said dog fighting. I thought you meant like airplane oh, dog fighting. I mean, that's no, yeah. That's but it. I was saying Pokemon. Saying Pokemon. I mean, but like, that's like you like have fighting a rings. cat. Yes, you so get I a cat, <laughs> and then a dog fighting a lion who fights a hippo who fights a tiger who's yeah. fighting. Is there a, a hippo a Pokemon? There's got to be, right? There is. <laughs> uh, I feel like Slowpoke is kind of hippo-ish. Uh, you have yeah, yeah, no, actually, I can see that. Uh, yeah. Hippowdon. Generation four. I will. I'll, I will take your word I for it. I'm not yet. <laughs> and I don't really remember three. Yeah, but the last one I really remember is Crystal and Gold and Silver. Uh, Those are the last ones like, I really played. Gen, I played. I played yeah. Ruby and Sapphire a little bit, but like mostly like blue, yellow, red, and then gold, silver, crystal. Yeah. Um, Gen two is my favorite. That's that's what I grew up on. It's a good one. It's a good one. I feel like yeah. for me, uh, I was like a little bit later, so I think Gen Three was the like, yeah, Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald was like the the year that I was most into, definitely that I played the most. Oh, but also like I, the first game console that I owned that was just for me was like the Game Boy Advance, and so I, I spent a lot of time with that. That's right. You didn't um, have a color, did you? No, I we we shared the color. I mean, it was yours, and I played it sometimes. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> well, it was mine, and Mom made me share it sometimes, but it was mine. <laughs> Uh, I was like, it's, it's basically like, basically, mom and dad were like, you've been playing it too much. Uh, Jack can play it now. I'm like, no, like, yes! Jack can play it now. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Take that, Sam. It was definitely mine. And but, now, but they and now as an adult, I have excessive amounts of video games. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> making up for lost time. And I have a Switch with like three games. That's what I got. <laughs> But but one of those games is Breath of the Wild, and another one of those games is Tears of the Kingdom. So you've got unlimited content there. Also, there it is. you you really do. Um, and then the third one is Lego Star Wars, like the Skywalker Saga. Whoa. So excellent what surprise! surprise. Uh, I have that one at two, and that is very close to unlimited content. It's good. It's good. Not as not as much as uh, Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the mm. Wild, yeah. but. 
Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is, is unlimited content in that a, it's a gigantic game with a gigantic amount of content, but also the systems in it let you be super creative and essentially make your own fun. Oh, yeah. So it is really, it is yeah. like actually unlimited, essentially. Yeah. Jack, do you have Lego Star Wars? Uh, yes, I, I have. I have a Skywalker Saga. I I've played through the prequels, um, and I'm in the middle of the years. I'm in Empire Strikes Back right now, okay. so I'm playing through them in order. Um. That's what I'm hoping to do, but I am currently stuck in Attack of the Clones. And by stuck, mm. I mean I'm just dod- dawdling around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Geonosis is huge in this game. Geon- oh, that's, yeah, I'm right on Geonosis. Um, yeah, it's like, it's. I think it's the biggest, other than Tatooine, I think it's the biggest map in the game. Yeah. And Coruscant, um, maybe. Cor- ah, what am I saying? Uh, Corscant. Corscanti. Mm. <laughs> um, Sounds like a delicious Italian dessert. It, it probably, yeah. <laughs> does. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? No, I stopped because I'm like, oh, Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out in like two months. Let me play this next month of Breath of the Wild just to get hyped for yep. it. Oh, yeah. And then, and then I've... I mean, that came out in May, and I have been a fiend at not playing anything else but Tears of the Kingdom. Um, Understandable. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, oh, oh, big news, Sam, I haven't told you until now, um, but, well, I've told you that I've had that problem with Phantom Ganon in the Korok Tree. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I was in the depths and I'm like, I'm lugging around all these ice weapons to take out the hands. Like, screw it. I'll go for it. Yeah. And I took his butt down. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was that was a, <laughs> that was that was my win. And then uh, because I did that last night, I'm like, oh yes, can't wait to hop on and tell Sam and I'll tell Jack too. Heck yeah. And Proud of you. Jack. you can do now it. I'm in the Fire Temple. Ah. Fire Temple's a cool one. It is really cool. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Fire Temple just with the uh mines. Mm-hmm. And the cards. Yeah, it was a cool yeah. I, I think I think all the dungeons have cool ideas yeah. this time around. But the, yeah. The Fire Temple yeah. definitely have the coolest mechanics out of any of the temples, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that, yeah. Other than other than the spirit, have you done the spirit temple yet? Yeah. Oh no, cause, yeah, because I I did the exact same thing as you did. Um, where I just, you discovered it. On I it, like, un, unintentionally found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I that. was wandering wandering through, and I'm like, oh, I need to get to somewhere because I'm gliding, and I uh, I land, and there's a storm, and. I'm just going through, and I pick up a head, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I'll go, I'll go for it. And then it leads me on, on to the depths, and I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, yeah. And I, once it was literally as I'm like forming all the parts of the body, I'm like, this is this is gonna be a dope uh, mech for this for uh. 
for Link. So yeah, you like build like a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger kind of. That's kinda yeah. Mech. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, what did they call it? It was like a Megazord or something. Is that what it was called? <laughs> Megazord. Megazord. Spirit Megazord. That's really what it was. Yeah. Spirit Megazord is the name of my new band. And that is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. I love. Yeah. I mean, that works. If it's a Megazord, you attach like the the wings and then a cannon and a laser to it. Or, yeah. or if you want to go on the outside, get like a, a spike ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah, I've been I've been playing through Jesus Kingdom some more because I mentioned previously that I uh, I broke my one of my Joy Cons on my Switch yeah. and was unable to play for a while, and I finally like buckled down and bought a new controller to play. So I've been like actually like getting into playing it again, and I've uh, had some more free time, so I've been able to play some more. And I'm like, I haven't gone to the final boss yet. But I've just been trying. I think I'm just gonna like max out my heart containers before I go down to oh, the boss. Right. This is kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm just like <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do literally everything I can do up here. Get all of the shrines. Do as many quests as I can. And they're like, okay, now I'll go. It'll be fine. That's... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, um, just try- I'm just trying to milk it. That's what I'm trying to do. So I've got like over a hundred of the shrines down already, like oh, five okay. or something. Um, yeah. So got a little ways to go, but. Less than 50. Through. Less than 50 to go. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, no, that's all I've been doing, really. Uh, it's been playing uh, a little bit of playing through Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and that's kind of it, I think. Yeah. Not that I'm boring. So that's me. Uh, <laughs> um, You're lovely. Thanks, Jack. On, I'm tr- Sorry. No, you're um, good. Okay. Uh, Sam, I know you mentioned a while back you had Apple TV mm-hmm. Plus. Do you still have it? I do. Okay. Next recommendation: uh, the after party. The after party. What's that about? After party. It's uh, so it's on season two, and it's the uh, similar plot to uh the first one but dave franco gets murdered oh and they go through uh like several characters explaining their uh their side of what happened um is it like actual dave franco was murdered or a character played by dave franco was murdered character yeah character played (laughs) by dave franco i would i didn't know if it was one of those like fourth wall breaking like like uh was that movie This Is the End? Or, oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, no, it's it's a uh, very good show. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, I'll uh, look it up. I will recommend it. Did uh, finish Ted Lasso? Was that? I've not. No. We, I, I, me and Sarah are like, we're putting off. Like she doesn't want to like. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to end, and so she's like, "I'm just not gonna watch the last season." Like, I get oh, that. We need to watch last I get season. that. We need to watch last season, but yeah. So I, I want to watch it, but we're just kind of like right now. We're watching what we do in the shadows a lot because that just came okay. back. So we're watching that. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then we'll probably like once this season of Outlander 
like is all aired, we'll watch all of that, and then we'll probably go to Ted Lasso. That would be my guess. So then also Soka comes out in like two weeks. So, oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. By, the, by, the, oh! by the time this podcast releases, it's probably the Soka's gonna be out. So, it's episode, yeah. It'll be like episode four or five, maybe three. Yeah, at least three. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about that. We got some new character yeah. posters today for Soka. Uh, yeah. Uh, there was a Sabine, Hera, um, the two not Jedi, not Siths, and mm-hmm. uh, the lady from, uh, like, the Ahsoka arc from Mandalorian, the one where she got the Beskar spear from and like had that like big old fight, oh. and she and she goes, "Where is Thrawn?" Like, so that mm-hmm. that lady got a. Oh, she's uh, back. She's oh, back. Yeah, she's been she's been in some of the trailers. Yeah, uh, but she got a uh, character poster. That's cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I, 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 my guess is she'll be kind of like the second tier big bad to Thrawn and then the two like force wielders will kind of like be like a third party outside force hunting down Ahsoka while she's trying to hunt down Thrawn that's my guess mm-hmm. I believe it I believe it yeah Um, I was checking the cast today and yeah. Hayden Christensen is on there yeah is he yeah. actually like? Yeah, he's, he's on there, 100%. And, and he's been mentioned on uh, the like descriptions on like officially licensed merch on Amazon. Yeah, the Amazon descriptions. Yeah. So Hidden Christian uh, is like, is like, come, like see, like, uh, like it's like Ahsoka and Sabine and Thrawn and Anakin Skywalker is like name dropped in like yeah. one of, like in like the the product lineup. So. Oh my god! And, if, and, if I see I mean, live action, a second glance, like <laughs> I think if, if, either we're getting uh, Force Ghost Anakin, like because this is post Return of the Jedi, if we're getting Force Ghost mm-hmm. Anakin, or we're yeah. getting Clone Wars flashbacks. Live action. Man, if we get Clone Wars if flashbacks, I'm gonna Clone Wars flashbacks. I'm gonna poop my pants. It's. Uh, <laughs> I'll be right next to you doing that, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's. Like, <laughs> I, I hope they like if if they do that. If they do a flashback, I hope what they do is they get like a a different, like, younger actor to play younger Ahsoka, and then Gash the time to, like, dub over it. That'd be cool. Ooh, what if, that would be what so if good. that's how they bring in uh, Ashley Eckstein? Yeah, because she... Like, like, actually just, like, make her the... Yeah, make her... Like, the yeah. action. That could work. Sure. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's, she's she's shorter, so she could look younger <laughs> in that is. one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. I'd watch that for sure. I still love the like one of my favorite parts of the Obi Wan show was just seeing the the flashback to the prequels with Obi Wan and Anakin in their their prequel garb and hanging out in the Jedi Temple. Yeah, and like, yeah, and my I love those scenes. But what kind of took me out of it a little bit, and it's not like they couldn't have done anything about it without like mm-hmm. doing like de aging, which always looks bad. Uh, it was like Obi Wan looked like age appropriate for those scenes. Yeah. Yeah, Hayden Christensen looks. Hayden Christensen looked looks like he was 40. in his late thirties. Yeah, <laughs> it made me. It made me think like uh, Billy Madison. Like it did. It did give Billy like, Madison. I mean, back like to school. Back, back, to, back school. to school. To prove to dad that I'm not a fool. Yep. Yeah, it did. Did kind of give that a little bit. I mean, I feel like you know you. But it was. Got, it was a blast. Uh, that, that's oh, no our first doubt, ever. No that, that was our first ever. Like, we don't have any like, like live action or animated canon viewing of uh, Anakin's training. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. The Clone Wars picks up as Anakin is like done with his training. Yes. Like in Attack of the Jedi, he's like done with the training. So like that scene might have been like mm-hmm. pre uh, Attack of the Clones, you know? Yeah. True. So, yeah. Wild. He, 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 he still like, he it was kind of his like brain. Attack of the Clones outfit. He had his, yeah, he just had his rat tail. Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably was... like, it's probably immediately pre Attack of the Clones. Or like mm-hmm. in like the year or two before that, yeah. So, or it could be like immediately after Attack of the Clones, something like that. But yeah, no. Although I mean, I feel like if they're just like training in the Jedi Temple, it's probably I feel like they would be busy once the war starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so that's why I think it's pre-Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. Oh man, right. I, th- I think that that's all the Star Wars news we have this week. I, I don't know of any at least. That's um, all I got. Jason, yeah, have you heard anything else? Ahsoka hype still. Um, yeah. uh, nothing that I've seen. Yeah. Oh, I did. This, this is probably just a rumor. But I did hear that they're thinking about turning the next season of, I think, The Mandalorian into oh. a a movie. That'll come out. I it'll mean, be like basically a prequel to the Dave mm-hmm. Filoni movie. So I guess yeah. Dave Filoni's just getting, instead of having like a season of, like season four of The Mandalorian. And then the movie is just gonna have a Mandalorian movie, and then like the the Star Wars Avengers movie. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm so excited for the the Filoni verse, the, the Mando verse Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's the only other. It is, yeah, it's only other it thing is still surreal to me that we are like seeing all these characters from animated series come into live action into like the big. Not, not like big, big budget, and also like the current most popular Star Wars things are like, you know, featuring Ahsoka and characters from Rebels and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like the current most popular things in Star Wars started off on Cartoon Network and Disney XD. Like, yeah, <laughs> which like it feels sort of like vindicating to be like, yeah. you guys didn't care because it was a cartoon, but we know it was awesome, and now you get to see why. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So it feels feels good, man. Feels good. good. Yeah. All right. Um, if we're done with that part of the the with the that segment and whatnot, Sam, I think you had an idea for a uh, a, a discussion. I did. I wasn't sure we were gonna do this before or after. We can do it before. Let's do it. So, uh, I have a question for you guys that I want to discuss. So, speaking of speaking of uh, Star Wars and Marvel and Avengers things, uh, the Marvels show what if. Right. It kind of like answer questions. What if like this happened and like the the events of the Avengers or the events of like some character were changed? What would be different in like the the, those lives of those characters and like the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like how would that look? Right. So I was thinking what. What is your like dream? What if Star Wars story? If you could think of a story like what if this was different how would star wars be different so i guess i guess i'll go first because i've thought about this a little bit um so the <laughs> there are two things that have come, that come to mind immediately the first one i think is the kind of the most obvious one and also the one that has had the most kind of like pe- people have like come up with their own things already a lot for it and that is what if the sequel trilogy was different <laughs> like, ah, yeah. you know like you know obviously there's uh, you know, th- there's other versions of 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 scripts uh, that were, you know, the sequel trilogy was or- originally going to be one thing, and then 
they rewrote the script and into something else and we know about what those stories were and then of course there are all sorts of like uh plenty like like fan like this should have happened or wouldn't it be cool if the sequel truly was about this or you know um but like so what what uh, is your what if sequel trilogy like not just like say it's different but like what no no no, yeah yeah yeah. it's it's, yeah it's a good question um i don't know I, i feel like I mean, I'm sure we'll get more into discussion of the sequel trilogy in eight years or whatever, whenever we get to <laughs> the sequels. But yeah, when, when my daughter's it, in college or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, uh, I, I think for one thing, I, I think that the. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to like be like, here's. An entirely different premise. I'm, I'm going to assume that, like, we kind of stuck with the same, like, cast of characters and everything. Um, I think it would have been cool to get, like, uh, more stories about Finn and his, uh, mm. like... Like, I, th- I think what a lot of people felt like what was going to happen after The Force Awakens was, like... Uh, like, a, a Stormtrooper rebellion, like, uprising or something. Like, you know, a bunch of people defect. Like, I think that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, like a galactic, also, like, like a galactic civil war, but like from within, right? Yeah, yeah, something oh, like that. Okay. Um, or like a, uh, or, or like Finn getting to use a lightsaber, as was kind of teased in, in, in posters and stuff. Yeah, and then, make Finn a and Jedi. Then Ray got it, which, Why isn't you know, Finn a no, Jedi? Nothing wrong with Ray. Oh no, no, you know, yeah, we expected yeah, Ray's that. Great. We expected yeah. Finn to be a Jedi, but we well, we expected Ray to be a Jedi, but we also like expected Finn to be a Jedi, and he wasn't. So yeah, um, so that, yeah, that would have been cool. Um, and then. I think the whole thing with Luke, uh, I, I think that that was, I think the the most frequent problem that people had with the sequel trilogy was probably how they decided to to treat Luke and and kind of show him as like a sort of defeated man of like mm-hmm. he he you know he ma- he made this decision to almost kill uh, Ben Solo and then out of shame ran away and. You know, which I think for a lot of people felt very out of character for him. Um, and so I, I would be interested to kind of see a different sort of premise for that. Like, like e- even if they stuck with the, like, he's off on his own. He's he's in, a you know, a mysterious place that we don't know. And we need a map to go find him. Like, I think from there we, we could have gone to instead of like he's in ex- he's in self-imposed exile. We could have gone to like he's on like in a super important secret mission that only he knows about right. and it has something to do with like yeah. the fate like with the force or like the fate of the sith and the jedi and something like that um or he's like out in the unknown regions and there's like jedi among the chiss or something like mm, yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, so, yeah speaking of a sequel trilogy like like thrawn would have like, been bef- bigger you know yeah yeah i mean like uh before the you know before the the new trilogy came out um for a really long time the original thrawn trilogy of books was most people's like like a lot of people consider that to be like the the Star Wars sequel trilogy already you know um th- those books were were super beloved and I think people saw them as like like for a long time that was the the thing that we had that was closest to a sequel trilogy and I think a lot of people wanted that to be what the sequels ended up being which I personally like I mean I, I wouldn't have minded it in it kind of in theory but I think in practice I prefer it to be like a new story because yeah. I think like that's part of the excitement of getting new Star Wars movies, getting sequels, being like, oh, what happens? What, what's the what's the new thing? You yeah. Because um, wasn't it, it, like, I think it was George Lucas's version of the sequel trilogy, like, 
before he sold Star Wars to Disney and like relinquished like his creative rights to that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, was Darth Maul came back and kind of filled the void that the Emperor left. Ooh, really? Yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. And Darth Maul had had like a female Sith apprentice and like interesting. Uh, it was like old, old man Darth Maul. It was yeah, yeah. It was kind of because Darth Maul like during the original trilogy like was a crime lord and that's kind of like where we get what he was doing in like rebels and in solo like that was mm-hmm. in like george lucas's original vision for maul um mm-hmm. for the sequel and yet he cut him in half so was the whole like him coming back with spider legs thing was that i, 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 was, I genuinely that think was it was i genuinely no i genuinely think that was part of george lucas's plan i could be wrong Neat. but that's just my i'm going off vibes here like yeah <laughs> i get that vibe yeah sure <laughs> i'll take that vibe because i mean because dave filoni yeah. like learned all he knows about star wars from george himself so like yeah to bring back darth maul other than just being like really cool and also like a toy cash grab like <laughs> yeah which i mean that's what star yeah. wars is let's be honest star that's... wars is a toy cash grab that's why it's it's, it's, a, that's it's why a vehicle it's a... for selling toys it, it is it yeah. is that's almost what... as much as yeah it's like that's it's why, one, that's, why george one... that's why george lucas was the first like movie maker to become a billionaire is because like that was like part of his plan all along was like to like design cool ships to be toys and design cool action yeah. figures to yeah, be toys. Exactly. Yeah. actually i think he was like the first uh i think one of the, one of the things that he like asked for when he you know, first like made the first Star Wars was like in his contract. He was like, "I want the like the toy and merchandising rights." And at the time, the studio was like, "Oh yeah, sure, whatever, you can take that." Because like, like merchandise for movies was not a big thing at the time. And then Star Wars happened, and it became a huge thing. And, that's, and oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. And that's why you um, have like all of these like, like super collector stuff and like black series whatever and like all that stuff mm-hmm. it's just because george lucas is like hey i can see this making some money it's mine yeah. now and now it's like oh it makes too much money now it's too much. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like one step below like transformers in terms of being oh. a vehicle for yeah. selling toys <laughs> it's like it's a little more story focused than that yeah but like, was like let's make a cool toy and build stories around it whereas star yeah. wars is like but let's then- make cool toys let's make cool stories that like could very easily be cool toys. Yeah. Uh, the best is when you had Star Wars Transformers. Come so I gotta remember that. Was it really? I th- Did yeah. You have yeah the, briefly, I I don't think I had one, but I remember seeing them and being like, "Oh, that's super cool." Because there was a period of time when I was a kid when I mean I've always been into Star Wars, but there was also a period where I was super into Transformers, but and dude, I remember that was a cool seeing time. one I like time. That. Man, trans- I love Transformers, man. It's it's so cool. It is, yeah. You know, except for, like, the Michael Bay movies. Like, the first one was fine. This one was awesome. Mo- and then after that, yeah. it was like, I don't know why yeah. we're still doing this. Yeah. You know what's good is Bumblebee. Bumblebee's a really underrated really? movie. Really? I never um, saw it. Yeah, it's it is it's kind of a like a soft reboot, almost, okay. of yeah, uh, of that series. Uh, but it's 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 really well done. It's like a, a solid quality movie. And also, the first like ten minutes of that movie are the best Transformers movie because it's it is basically the li- like the, the same level of budget and detail and uh, kind of fidelity that you get in all the other Transformers movies. But it's a sequence that takes place on Cybertron with the, with all the original like Generation One designs of the characters, Whoa. and it looks fantastic. It's so good. That's um, so fun. Yeah, uh, and then Transformers: Rise of the Beasts came out recently. It didn't get great reviews, but I still want to watch it because I it looks really good to me. And, and they they really like went back to much more like Generation One looking designs for it. Yeah, because wasn't Rise of um, the Beasts basically just Beast Wars, but like 
that's what, like, a, yeah. like a live action Beast Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember yeah. I, Beast Wars was my introduction to Transformers. Because that mm-hmm. Beast yeah, Wars, right. I, I like kind of started watching like Saturday morning cartoons like that around the time that like Beast Wars is kind of wrapping up. And so mm-hmm. like I remember like fondly watching Beast Wars. So mm-hmm. I think the first Transformers I watched was. I think it was Transformers Cybertron is what it was called. And it was like the CG animated series. Um, oh. I think yeah. that's that's what I was too. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I remember that. I probably would if I yeah. saw it, but like it doesn't. It's not yeah, right, right now. Um, yes. But man, Optimus yeah. Prime, one of the coolest characters ever. I don't care that he's a toy that turns into a truck. That makes him cooler. That does that's... make him cooler. <laughs> and yeah. Peter Cullen's voice is iconic I and incredible. I want to have a cool and... voice and turn into a truck. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> Yeah, don't we all? Yeah. Like, that'd be sweet. <laughs> and it's not a dream. And not only like just any truck, but it's like a big old Peterbilt truck that's like got flames on it. Like that's like Well That's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. I mean in the Michael Bay version, he's he's a Peterbilt with flames, but in the in the original he's like a more like a square cab looking thing. Yeah, which, but still, it's awesome. It's still cool. No, yeah, no, it's I, I prefer the original design, is what I'm saying. Like <laughs> but to each their own. Um I mean, I, I still, well, actually, I don't think I have it anymore, but I used to have uh, a a Transformer the toy of the Michael Bay version of, and it, I remember like, that. Yeah. I think, it, I think it looks it's super cool. I yeah. think it's still on your bookshelf in what was your room, but is now the guest room at mom and dad's mm-hmm. house, because that's where gotcha. Sarah and I stay whenever we're at mom mm-hmm. and dad's house, and I saw it like three weeks ago, I think. Oh. I wasn't looking super closely, but like. In my brain, yeah. that's where your Transformers live. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I want to get. I honestly, I, I've been wanting to like get a just a, like a find out whatever like the nicest Optimus Prime figure is and just get that and have it like for like to have on my shelf. I, I, man, brief <laughs> to extend our our tangent on Transformers just a little bit. I <laughs> I love. I always thought that like the coolest toys to me growing up. Like I wasn't into most like action figures and things like that because they were just kind of boring to me. But yeah. like the things that I love the most were Legos and Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like Transformers were, were cool because it's like it's like three toys in one. It's a an action figure, a vehicle, and also a puzzle. Yes. You know? It's like yeah, three things in yeah, one, yeah. and I loved the, the fact that it had, like, so much to it, and you could do so many different things with it, and they looked cool, and there was a cool story with it with lore and an awesome animated series, and yeah, that was super cool. And now they actually have a... An official Lego set of Optimus Prime that actually transforms. That you what? Get. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's super it's expensive, outrageous. but I want it. It is outrageous, but still really cool. I, is it like on par with like that. the uh, like the Star Destroyer Lego set and like the Death Star Lego set? Like those like like five six hundred dollar Lego things. It's up. To, I don't know if it's quite that expensive, but it, it's at least it's over a hundred dollars, definitely. Which I mean, it's, it's not saying much for Legos. Not anymore, Legos yeah. expensive yeah. very fast. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> the like, thing. Yeah, like uh, your good starter Lego set starts at fifty bucks, which is Target. Target yeah. has that at one seventy five. Okay, not like yeah. I mean it's terrible, but still like ooh, no. I'm not gonna. It's not like it's not an impulse buy. Exactly. No. Yeah. no, it's like you gotta you gotta buckle down and you know. Yeah, that's uh, we're not eating hey. out this month. I want this. Yeah, we're <laughs> this is a need, not a want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's exactly what I'm like with uh, that uh, Star Wars set, where they actually have um, they actually have the Return of the Jedi throne room. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, 
you know, my birthday was uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, happy birthday! Thank you, um, Jack. I bought uh, <gasps> what the Hulk is it a Lego Hulkbuster? It's Lego Hulkbuster, Armor? and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I had to buy it, and I'm like, oh, it's only f- only fifty dollars. Like, that's nothing for Lego. For Lego, yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's not good. bad. Um, yeah, yeah. And my, then I was my, just my, my, my Lego like little like impulse buys. I get those like those like helmets. With the I have one. Yeah, of, yeah. Because I I have the I have Boba Fett's, um, but I want to get I want to get Mando's, but I mostly want to get Darth Vader, and they have Rex and Cody now. I want to get those. I, I want to get yeah Rex. I, I want the Rex one. Yeah, I really want that one. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted uh, you. I just got very excited. I do that yeah, sometimes. So I apologize. No. Um. Else, uh, train of thought. Um. No, I was just per, uh, perusing the aisle and I saw they had the throne room and I'm like, oh snap! Uh, I think I think I Sam, I might have texted you like the next day and I'm like, I think you did, yeah. Because I'm like, because I'm like, this is something I I definitely want and I want it, but I want it as like a Christmas gift. Mm, yeah. Um. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would make a good Christmas gift. I know, because I know, I, I don't know, I can't remember, because the two people who buy Legos for me are Jack and Sarah. And, <laughs> and they're always Star Wars Legos. And I can't, Jack, did you get this for me? It was the, uh, I, I think it was Sarah, but it might have been you. Um, the, it's the, like, the, the throne room scene from Mandalore with uh, Ahsoka versus Maul. Oh. Did you get that for me? Or? I don't. I don't remember, honestly. <laughs> I think it might have been me. It might have been... Jason. Might have been yes, Jason has it. Oh, yeah. Jason has it on camera right now. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. That's, yeah, my, that's my, what my, I my, Mine's at my office at work. That's where it lives. It's on yeah. a bookshelf at work. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's where um, all of my... Which, that's where Sarah yeah. has banished all of my Star Wars Legos to work. It's like, we don't have room for these in the house, and Marion's going to yeah. find them, or the cat's <laughs> going to knock them down. So, like, just leave them in your office. I'm like, all right, cool. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Rad. That's um, cool. Yeah. That, was, um, that was my birthday gift to myself last year. Nice. So that's cool. I, uh, the, the, yeah, other than the, like, I, I, yeah, I want the Rex helmet because that I, I think those helmets look super cool and they're, they're like a cool, like, like nice, they're a decent size. They're not too big or too small and they are relatively cheap. Uh, and they look super cool and I, I want the Rex one, but the yeah. other Lego thing that I, I want really bad, at least in terms of Star Wars Legos is, um, they are bringing back the ghost as a Lego set. What? Uh, for Ahsoka because oh. like they they had it you know they, they had a, a ghost set a while ago like back when Rebels first came out but then they discontinued it after a while um Ooh. and I, I always wanted that one and now that they're bringing back uh that set but like it's you know it's, it's a an updated version of the set and it's got like the Phantom 2 it's got you know the, the new version of the Phantom mm. the, the, like, the, little, the little ship um and it comes with figures of uh you know I, I'm looking at the page right now because I'm <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, does yeah, it? Does get, it like, have Jason Sindula? Does it have Jason Sindula? Uh, actually, there's a there's a little boy. Is that Jason? That's, Hold on. That's one hundred percent a little green dude, a little green humanoid. I can't. Well, hold on. I'm trying to. <laughs> the, the website is not cooperating, and I can't see the image. Mm. But um, there is a smaller. There's a child, and I think it's probably Jason, and also shoppers in it, which is great. That's all that really matters. Um, 
Yeah, so I, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's another thing for, like, yeah, it, it's $160, which is a lot, <laughs> but also I, I, I think I might, like, try and set aside the money and for this, because hey. I, I, I don't want to miss another opportunity to get the ghost as, as a Lego set, because I, I love, the, A, I love the design of the ghost, and B, Rebels is, like, probably my favorite Star Wars thing. Yeah. And so, anyway. It's very good, that's for yeah. sure. I might, I might get it because, uh, Seborelios is uh, easily in my top ten favorite characters. Yeah, Zeb is great. Do, do, we, do, we, live do we know we're, if we're going to see Zeb in Ahsoka? Sorry. Oh, we can't not. We can't not get him. Um, I I really really hope we see him. I think that it like I my guess is yes because I don't think I, I feel like they probably wouldn't have made an entire CG model of him and for for like just that one scene in the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like they 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 were like Let, let's have him in Ahsoka but let's introduce him first here, you know? Yeah. Let's, that's my hope cuz I I love Zeb and man they nailed it. I thought oh my he looks so good. It looks perfect. Oh, he looks that's great. spot on. Was yeah. it the same they used the same actor to voice him too? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah. it is still um uh what's it? He, he's super famous. He's been in everything. He's been so many anime things and Ah, oh, can't remember his name. Hold on. Frey Prince Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Frey Prince Jr., voice of Zeb. Uh, yeah, Steve Bloom. Actually, Steve Bloom. Oh, Steve Bloom. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Bloom, uh, who is uh, voice of Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop, among many other characters. Um, yeah. Anyway. Hey, Jason. Um, what's your Jason. Star Wars What If story? Oh my gosh! So, right, that's how this started. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bring, bring, very briefly yeah, to bring it back. So oh, my, I had two things. One was uh, the sequel trilogy being different. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, talked yeah, about that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And the second one was, uh, what if Obi Wan died instead of Qui Gon? Oh, I think that, I feel like that would that's, like and completely change the course of. Yeah. How do you think that would change yeah, the course? I have my ideas of how that would change the course, but like, how did you? I want to mm. know what you think. Okay, uh, I think, well, for one thing, I think that, um, so I think I've talked about this in the past, but, like, uh, Dave Filoni has said before that, like, his interpretation of the the duel of the fates during Phantom Menace is the idea that they they are battling for the fate of Anakin Skywalker at that, at that moment. So basically, like, the fact that Qui-Gon dies means that Anakin grows up without a father figure and without the person who needs to be there for him, you know? And so like the fact that he, you know, he loses that is one of the things that leads him down the path to have ultimately become Darth Vader. So my, my, my idea would be that if Qui-Gon doesn't die, that he might not become Vader. And so who that, no, who knows how the, the trilogy would play out. Who knows how the rest of the song would play out in that, in that case. Cause like, um, you know, maybe the emperor would, you know, maybe, maybe Palpatine would still like figure out a way to, you know, maybe maybe we should have a different apprentice. There would be a different Darth Vader or something. I don't know. Um, it probably but the other thing Dooku is, probably would have like stayed around longer. That's my yeah, yeah probably. I think. Um, well, and then the other thing, especially is that like, yeah, I was gonna say the the other thought was like because my original thought was just like, what if Qui Gon survived? But then I thought, what if Obi Wan died instead? And I feel like, oh, like I feel like if Qui Gon lost his apprentice, that that would affect him in some way, right? And so I wonder if that would like. You know, I, I mean, I feel like he—he's—he's he's like the best of us in terms of the Jedi. So I feel like he would be able to, to weather that storm. But there is part of me that wonders, like, what if that, like, 
you know, what if that corrupts him in some way? It's, what if that sends Qui-Gon down mm, a, yeah. a path of, of, like Dooku? of kind of, yeah, a little more of like a Dooku path, yeah. you know? So, I don't know. Because I imagine Qui-Gon would be, my my thought is he would be similarly, like, he, he would still be true to, like, his interpretation of the Jedi way as he mm-hmm. was, like, mm-hmm. how we saw him kind of in um, Tales of the Jedi. But I yes. think we might get kind of a grittier, more jaded, but still not a Sith Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. And I am no Jedi Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have he gone the Ahsoka route and left the Order. Mm-hmm. But still been like honestly, yeah, I can, I can see that. I that's actually yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. Um. So that's that was one of mine uh, that I had. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. I mean, great minds. Indeed, and and of course, when you brought up uh, Filoni's take on Duel of the Fates, like, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a picture that I have saved on my phone because I love like. Filoni's interpretation of, you know, here's what I think this means from, you know, uh, late 90s and how my creation of Star Wars is going to, you know, play off that. Uh, I. uh, I'm trying to think. I, I would see. Qui-Gon as like a gray Jedi. Um mm-hmm. you know there's I can know, see that. Yeah. Just do you want to explain what, what you mean by Grey Jedi? Because a lot of our listeners probably oh, yes, aren't yeah. sure what um, Grey Jedi means. So I am not hundred percent like fully aware. I know it's kind of like the adhere to some of the Jedi code, but it's like life is not all black and white. Like, there will be times when, you know, things blend. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an example from, like, the prequels where, you know, it might be gray instead of, you know, going black or white. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the concept of gray Jedi is something that was, was in, like, the, what is now Legends material. Like, that, that was an actual concept. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know much about it beyond that, but I do know that, like, a lot of people look at uh, Ahsoka as kind of being the 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 thing we have in canon that is closest to being a gray Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but more she's more light than dark for sure. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for, yeah. And I think I think Dave Filoni would probably say that she is like like the closest you can get to a Jedi while not being in the Jedi Order. Yeah, she yeah. she is like her own interpretation of what she thinks the Jedi, what she believes the Jedi should stand for. Yeah, I think is the yeah. Idea. Yeah, I like but, it. That'd be cool. Um, I like that, Jason. So, so that's one. Um, th- I'm just, I'm just getting my funny, funny idea out out of the way. Yes, let's hear it. All right. <clears throat> what if Palpatine had a different first name? <laughs> <laughs> and, Instead and of Sheev, it's like it's Tim. Out. Yeah, it's yeah. like Jeff. Well, I mean, imagine imagine someone in your grade school, and you know <laughs> their name <laughs> their name is Sheev. Like, 
Yeah, he's going to get bullied. Of course he's going to go to the dark side. Yeah, (laughs) and then it's like, all you want to do is get power. So, (laughs) that's, you know? Oh, man. Yes, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate. The yeah, so, and all so of it starts what, with being made fun of as a kid. Yeah, so what you're saying is if Palpatine wasn't bullied as a middle schooler, he wouldn't have become <laughs> the Emperor. You know, you know, he was probably the, the last one to get picked for dodgeball. Yeah. And or the like first you, one or like if you first like one to get hit. Yeah, if Sheev didn't fill out art school or something, like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Would you would you go back in time and kill baby Sheev? Or would Tempting. <laughs> um, so no, baby Sheev, also the name of my new band. Baby Sheev! Uh, baby Sheev. Uh, I think my other one, I mean, tied to that, what if Jar Jar did not give uh, the all uh, absolute power to Palpatine? Mm-hmm. Um, we wouldn't have that sad story in whatever that aftermath novel. Like yeah, him being a clown. Yeah, him being yeah. a homeless clown. <laughs> uh, I still yeah. can't. I feel, so like, I feel like probably like <laughs> I, I do like the idea of like like Jar Jar doesn't do it, and so then Palpatine's like, "Well, I guess I failed." <laughs> but like, I, mean, I, think, yeah. I think actually what would probably happen is you, you would just find another. Yeah, like it would, way it would to happen it. one way or another. You'd, yeah, you yeah. didn't need didn't necessarily need Jar Jar for it to happen. No, but like Jar Jar was very convenient, and that's kind of he, Palpatine's mo. It's just like. Uh, let me like seduce and connive my way to the easiest possible like path of least resistance yeah. to as much power as I can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my other one is what would happen if Kanan Jarrus did not die? Ooh. Yeah. Because I think that's a good question. I think everyone Jarrus would from love Star Wars Rebels. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone would love it if Freddie Prince Jr. made a uh appearance but he is outwardly mm-hmm. spoken like no they killed me off i'm not coming back for this um that's something someone who is definitely coming back would say come on <laughs> it's like andrew garfield trying to convince it people really he's not is. in spider-man noah home it really <laughs> is whereas to- I mean, like I, whereas toby I would love to just see. like actively didn't answer any questions he was just like mm-hmm. off the map yeah. until like the movie came out yeah, I, w- I would love to see a, a live action uh, um, Kane come back in, in terms of in like either a flashback in Ahsoka or or even if they, they just bring him in as like uh, Hera has like a hologram image of him. Yeah. That she like keeps. Yeah. Like, I feel like that'd be cool to yeah. see. And it definitely like Freddie Prince Jr. like looks enough like Kane that it would just be. Yeah, him. He, he really he could does. Be, yeah. 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 He's a handsome boy. He is. <laughs> dashing young man. They're not young anymore, mm-hmm. but dashing yeah. man. Yeah. Those are fun. Than some. Jason, these yeah. are fun. I like these. These are great. Yeah, these, I like I like yours. Yeah. yeah. Sam, you, what, what's your take? Do you yeah. have some? Uh, I have one. None of them are as like funny or as entertaining as Jason's, but <laughs> I think it's it's the most. It's I and I can't take credit for this. I saw this on like either TikTok or Twitter or something, um, and it was like so. The, it's like what made me come up with this idea, and I wanted to just kind of share mm-hmm. this and like talk this out. What if? Obi-Wan left the Jedi Order for Satine. Oh! They're making wow. babies. So I have an idea of what I think would happen there. So my theory, I want to hear um, yours, Jack, but I, I want my, sure, sure, sure. my theory 
is Good. that if Obi-Wan left the Jedi Order for Satine, that would have given Anakin the like the the space to like, oh, my older brother did it before me. It's okay for me to do it. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then we have uh, Obi-Wan and Satine like living like out in public, like being a thing. And then like Anakin come forward like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm married to Padme. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah. he wouldn't, that, that would be a, there'd be like a little bit of a scandal there, but then people would get over it. Yeah. And that would have been it. Yeah. It's like, oh, this, because like if Anakin and Obi-Wan both do it, it's like, oh, this is what the Jedi are doing now. Because they're like two, because we we they're, they're they're two of the most like like easily recognizable Jedi in the galaxy. Like we see that mm-hmm. in like yeah, in the Clone if, Wars if two and like, the books, like heroes of the Clone War. Yeah, yeah, they're they're war heroes who like oh they have wives now. Like most people like don't even realize that like Jedi's like take like like celibacy vow or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like they renounce all like attachments or whatever. Yeah, like like they don't. Most people like don't get that or like realize that or just like think about it yeah. at all it's just kind of like oh yeah of course like i just never thought about like their families yeah. like well yeah that's cool yeah yeah i think i think there's definitely a world in which that makes sense where like because you know obi-wan's master was qui-gon and qui-gon obviously was, was very much a like you know stick to the spirit of the law not necessarily the rules of it and if if, if yeah. obi-wan felt that like you know he, that his his calling was to be with Satine, you know, yeah, and the, the, that felt like right mm-hmm. in the force to him. Then I, you know, it makes sense that he that that's a choice he could have made. Um, I think maybe at least my kind of headcanon about why he didn't do that um, is that he felt a responsibility to Qui Gon to to like train Anakin right. And he had felt this responsibility to Anakin. He didn't want to lead Anakin astray, and mm. like like if Obi Wan didn't have that baggage there then maybe he would yeah. have with almost team, like he so. knew that like what we're talking about right now like if he'd done it he knew that would have happened yeah you know yeah. and like he like i can't set that bad example for anakin so i have yeah. to mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like i wasn't gonna like like because he said like see if you said the word i would have done it but like i wasn't gonna take the first step mm-hmm. you know so exactly yeah but yeah, I really like that 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 what if. I also just want to see more of. I want to see the fling between Obi Wan and Satine. I want yeah. to see that story. What? Oh, yeah, there's, there's definitely chemistry. We don't get it in Clone Wars, and it's sad that we don't get it in Clone Wars. There's such a is, backstory. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. That's Tales of the Jedi. I want to see. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Please, yes. Yeah. Honestly, like like early years Obi Wan, like th- that that would be a cool like focus yeah. for Tales of the Jedi. And then also early years Anakin that would be a great Tales of Jedi season 2 would be yes. like what was Obi-Wan's training with uh, Qui-Gon and what was, and Anakin's, was Anakin's with Obi-Wan with... like it would be yeah. a great parallel I, I love that it'd be so I much love fun that, yeah. that, I would love that like, because we've talked about this podcast before of like what we think Tales of Jedi season 2 should be we were talking about like yeah. Kanan or Palpatine or like, or like like no I want Anakin and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and I think that would be I the think most that's the fun. logical thing to do yeah because yeah. like last time it was it was ahsoka and dooku who are two like you know, they're two jedi who are parallels in a lot of yeah. ways yeah for different reasons and like for very different yeah yeah <laughs> like, different reasons but coming from similar places of frustration in some yeah, ways yeah, yeah, I think. yeah uh and I, th- yeah, I think seeing like obi-wan and anakin kind of focusing on their like a their their what their training was like and the the way that they dealt with the loss of qui-gon and also, 
the way that they both dealt with their kind of romantic flings and their feelings of attachment towards things and how, how that like yeah yeah I yeah i love that idea well man this disney are you listening yeah <laughs> take our ideas Dave Lonnie, yeah, hello are you listening to our very important star wars podcast come on yes it's very important yeah um well no it's it's very curious to see how you know the training of obi-wan on anakin would have led to the uh like practice makes perfect episode when anakin mm. just like pushes oh, yeah. Or, yeah i mean because it's like what made anakin want to do that yeah because clearly like that's something he learned like he didn't like I learned yeah. from you dad yeah i learned it from <laughs> you yeah uh yeah because like that's yeah because anakin like he was dedicated and like he like had like he like had a big heart and he cared but like in episode one we don't see a lot of him like being like a, a super disciplined person right mm-hmm. like he's not like trying to because he's a slave he's like he doesn't he doesn't give a crap like like if things like go <laughs> on he's just like he probably just like doesn't want to have the crap beat out of him or doesn't want like wants to make sure his mom's okay like it's like all he cares mm-hmm. about um yeah. which like of course but so he learned this like discipline and like being super hard on yourself, probably from Obi Wan. So like, where did Obi Wan learn it from? You know, like I mean, yeah. I feel like I feel like the life of a slave could also be one of like learning that you have to work hard from a very young age. I feel, I feel like it, it probably came from that as much as it yeah. came from Obi Wan. Or, or, or maybe that's my interpretation. Yeah, or maybe it was since he came into the Jedi Order so late in life compared to like, the other young right. he had to work his tail off, to, like maybe catch, catch up. up yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to prove his worth basically yeah to, to to a jedi council that was not fully convinced of his yeah like so, belonging yeah. there so he always like was used to having to go the extra mile mm-hmm. and then that and then now the extra mile is just normal for him and he expects yeah. everyone to go the extra mile yeah or at least he expects the the people that he wants his padawan to to go the extra mile because yeah. that's how he believes is the best way right. to do it and also like yeah. if if this Jedi is going to have, like, going to be like, oh, you're Anakin's Padawan, like, you better, like, live up to Anakin's expectations. And, like, mm, yeah. yeah. Man, ge- yeah, generational. Generational <laughs> trauma. Generational burdens and, and trauma. Yeah. Is, what a, all the Jedi is go to like, therapy. Let's go. Yes, all the Jedi need therapy. You know, true. that would have solved <laughs> a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Y'all, we could we could go on for like forever and a half about what this was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for yeah, indulging. We me. will, yeah, we will, <laughs> we will. Thank you for indulging me on my Star Wars. What if? No, that what was a cool idea. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's a rich enough question that we could come back to that again. That with, with that was unlimited yeah. content in and of itself. <gasps> True, more unlimited <laughs> than most, you might say. Mm. Yeah, unlimitedist. Yes. The most of this. All right, boys. Should we? Uh, do we have any unfinished business from the last episode, or can we just jump right in to this week's conversation? Of- <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. I think it's time to move yeah. on to our main segment. To what arc? What? What? Who's, what are we? What are we talking about, Jack? What's What's going on? Uh, Sam, uh, this week we were talking about the Dooku captured arc. We we're talking about the Clone Wars season one episodes eleven and twelve. Dooku captured and the Gungan general. Um, oh, baby. Which I'm very excited to talk about this because not only do we get some really cool 
and can Obi-Wan and Dooku working together action, but also we get an introduction to one of the fan favorite characters of the Clone Wars and Rebels, Hondo Onaka, Hondo Onaka. pirate extraordinaire. Hondo Onaka. Incredible. We love Hondo. Yeah. Sam, where does this take place in the timeline? I, I'm willing to guess, but I want you I want to hear it from you. Dude, <laughs> it takes place twenty one BBY. This is our first arc Indeed. fully oh. in twenty one BBY. No more twenty two BBY. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> 21 yeah i, I was <laughs> i was looking at the uh at the spreadsheet looking at like the the years when this takes place and i was like wait why did it take place in 2021 that we this all did is we go 22 back into, what's yeah. going on I was like, did, yeah i was like did we go back in time and then i realized oh wait no it, it's it's like a bc thing it goes backwards <laughs> that's how it works i knew that anyway <laughs> i love it all right yeah so there are two episodes jack yes. Ford, you want to read the uh all the fun stuff the for the first and one, the, and, and then I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll do the second one, unless Jason wants to do the second one. I'm happy to I do can, it. yeah. Do you want to, yeah. Jason? Okay. I get to do it all the time. Yeah. You don't get to do it all the time. I, you, yeah, you right. take you take the second one. Jack, takes oh, okay. it away. Cool. Uh, all right, Dooku captured. The moral of this episode is, the winding path to peace is always a worthy one, regardless of how many turns it takes. Which I feel like is a moral that could apply to pretty much any episode of the Clone Wars. Yes. You know what? Especially yeah. when yeah. Anakin's involved. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, here we go. An impenetrable captured. <clears throat> An impenetrable Manhunt. After a long and perilous search, the Jedi finally tracked down Separatist leader Count Dooku. During a heroic attempt to capture the Count, Anakin Skywalker has gone missing. Having lost contact with Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi heads towards his friend's last lone location, a lone Separatist frigate in the far reaches of the Outer Rim. I love this episode because we kind of just jump into the middle of a story. Sorry, yes. happened. Like, yeah. Anakin yeah. has, like, infiltrated himself into a Separatist frigate. But, like... Yeah. You come into this episode not knowing that. You find out about, like... 90 seconds into the episode that that's what's happened. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. you don't know that going in. And so like, I like was what I like, what like could play on the episode. It was like, did I miss something? Like, I was <laughs> the same way. Yeah. I like, the, did, yeah. did, did yeah. anything capture the last yeah. episode? And I just like missed it. Like, is this the second episode of the arc? Like what's yeah. going on? But no, it's just, that. I said, I said mise en scène. I meant in media res. I was incorrect. <laughs> so anyway, Wait, what? um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you you were like yeah it starts in the middle of the thing and I was like yeah mise en scène and I was, no, that's not that's not what that is yeah, I meant in media res in, in media res means it starts in the middle of the action like in the middle of the story uh, uh, I mise en scène is something different <laughs> what, what is it I don't know either of these mise en scène is like no, the, I'm curious the, what that is mise en scène is like vibes it's it's like the <laughs> the general look and feel and tone of a uh. Like, like I, I mean, I come from film school, so that's my understanding of it. It's like the mise en scène of of a scene is like the combination of the the sets and the lighting and the props and everything to kind of create a like a space and a tone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm gonna Google it real quick just to make sure I'm not like totally incorrect here. I bet you're 100 uh, incorrect. There's no way that's right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Mise en scène: uh, the arrangement of scenery and stage properties in a play, the setting of the setting or surroundings of an event or action. Um, and that sounds like vibes. I buy it. Yeah, it's, it's basically I, I vibes. It. Yeah, mise en scène, according to Wikipedia, is the stage design and arrangement of actors in scenes for a theater or film production, both in the visual arts through storyboarding, visual theme, and cinematography, and in narrative storytelling through direction. The term is also commonly used to refer to single scenes that are representative of a film. 
mise en scène has been called film criticism's grand undefined <laughs> term. Now, what, what <laughs> is the mise en scène? else's grand and undefined vibes. vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like vibes was the best one word definition you could have for that, I probably. Agree. So I'm, I'm proud okay. of that. Good job, Jack. Good yeah. Job. Anyway. What, well, um, what, what does mise en scène say on uh, Urban Dictionary? <laughs> i'll let you read that i'm scared to read you know what let's yeah let, maybe maybe we don't you know it, yeah we'll see. i'm <laughs> looking it up just and i'll, I'll read it if it's <laughs> if, if it's if it's remotely appropriate go for it okay yeah, yeah it is it is <laughs> so there are two definitions oh no the second one is definitely incorrect but i think it's funny the first so the first one is the arrangement of props objects and decor displayed in a shot slash frame and the example sentence is timmy don't you think that the mise-en-scene in that shot was rather stupendous <laughs> like okay <laughs> cool and then yeah, the other definition the is doesn't give you any context yeah. to what the word in the sentence exactly. means no. and then the uh the other the other uh, definition is referring to an object that is most likely cool or obscure. <laughs> and this, the example sentence is, wow, Becky, that cup is so mise-en-scene. <laughs> Which is 100% incorrect. <laughs> I think it's funny. love that. Love, love, yeah. love. Okay. All right. Well, b- before we get into the plot summary, I do, I like, just because the, the opening shot of this episode ha- shows us Obi-Wan in a, like, like 1950s pulpy sci-fi spacesuit. Yeah. It's got like a fishbowl head, and he's got a jetpack on. I, just, I oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I feel like like it, th- this this it, set of episodes looks like some a cool like from like the Twilight Zone. Is what it looks exactly. like. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It feels very. Uh, there's a few different instances in in these two episodes of like kind of classic 1950s like pulpy sci-fi aesthetic. Like we get that, and then. Although, like, the Weequay Pirates, their ships all look like UFOs, like flying saucers. I have other thoughts about the Weequay Pirates that I want to talk about later, mm-hmm. but I'm... Okay. Yes. Yes. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Great. All right. Let's get, let's get, let's get started. Let's, let's do it. it. All right. So, a while before the skirmish at Vancor, Anakin Skywalker allowed himself to be captured by the munificent-class star frigate commanded by Count Dooku in an ice field near Vancor. Once inside the ship's hangar, he put up a fight in order to make his capture look convincing. He was take he was defeated and taken to a prison cell. And all of that right there is what happened before the episode starts. Yeah. And so now Correct. we're at the actual start of like what we see in the episode. Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. then infiltrates the ship to release him in order to apprehend the count. Dooku escapes in a solar sailor with two Jedi on his tail in a Sheathapede class transport shuttle. I've never seen that word before. Sheathapede. Yeah. It's weird. Alright. Uh, More like Shiva Pete. She <laughs> Direct hits on the Solar Sailor force the Count to make an emergency landing in a wilderness on the nearest planet. When the Jedi suffer a hit from a droid fighter, they are forced to crash land as well. The two Jedi I want to talk about the the kind of yeah, again, yes. as as Wikipedia is want to do, it, it does skip over. Yeah, some oh yeah, it glosses over a lot of things. Some moments. Yeah. So yeah, when when Obi Wan first shows up and finds. Anakin in his cell. Uh, they have this whole conversation about like Anakin complaining about how like he he hates that he keeps having to intentionally get captured because it's like it's messing with my reputation. It's not like, you <laughs> oh know. yeah. Um, oh, he, then we get like a like a Jedi Master joke, like kind of like foreshadowing. Yeah. His, like yeah. you're a master at getting caught. Getting caught. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of Obi Wan sassy quips yeah. in, in these episodes, and, and a lot of just like. Anakin not going to be a master. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing I have is that. 
So there's some real passive-aggressive sass going on between them. But like oh, yeah. this whole this, this whole, whole relationship arc, is the best. I yeah, but this whole arc in specific, Anakin is a giant ball of sass. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. uh, it might I I might have just missed out on a, a couple episodes on Clone Wars, but like I jump into this one after a while, and I'm like, I don't remember Anakin, you know, having this much of a load on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't personally get that vibe, but also I don't, like, you know, you are coming at this from, like, you said there's very few episodes that you're you're behind on in, in yeah. terms of what we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, this, this is really our first, like, I feel like true... Obi-Wan and Anakin centric episode like really kind of like guessing yeah. like because we have like we see them kind of interacting a lot but like it's not like the main crux of the episode going on whereas mm-hmm. like they are the two main characters in the episode in this yeah. episode yeah. Yeah. it's the first time where it feels like this is an Obi-Wan Anakin adventure like yeah, th- yeah this is all about them basically because we get a lot yeah because we get a, like a lot of Obi-Wan with the council and Anakin with Ahsoka and now mm-hmm. like we're I feel like we're like okay no it's just Anakin and Obi-Wan Doing their thing. Yeah, well, exactly. Is this is this the first time since the the Clone Wars movie that there's an appearance of Dooku? No. Or no, I, we, no. We see Dooku in like holograms and stuff. Like, well, I, and, oh yeah, and, yeah. Usually, like in like guess, he's, chew, he's chewing Grievous out. Usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if like I don't think it's possible that maybe Anakin and Obi Wan haven't seen him in person maybe that's who, yeah the maybe, movie. Thinking, like, yeah, maybe that's what it is yeah because yeah. yeah, we see a lot of dooku sending in like grievous or ventress but like we haven't seen yeah. like dooku himself yet mm-hmm. a whole lot yeah um yeah so then they so they like walk down a hallway and they find dooku sitting in a room which <laughs> seemed felt a little silly to me like you know like like obi-wan comes in breaks anakin out and they walk like a block and then dooku's just sitting there yeah <laughs> which i thought was a little silly anyway, they, 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 yeah they show up there uh, Dooku's meditating. Dooku says something sassy to to Obi Wan. There's, there's a lot of sass then, going on. That's, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah Dooku is also a sass master in this these episodes. Yeah, um, if, you, if you're looking for Star Wars sass, you've come to the right episode. Exactly. Yeah. Unlimited sass. Mm. Um, and then Dooku's like, uh, "Bye." And then <laughs> there's a trap door beneath him that he just slides down. There's a like a Wallace and Gromit style slide. He goes down, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> then finds his ship and then runs away. Yeah. So this is a like, yeah, Dooku getting to run yeah, away. It's for like Wallace and Gromit meets Cloud City. It's just like <laughs> yeah. That's... yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually, yeah, it is very like the moment when when Luke like falls down that chute in yeah, Cloud that, City. That's yeah. what I thought of when I watched this. Episode. That's yeah. That? But I thought Wallace and Gromit because that's where my brain is. Hey, I <laughs> I see you. I respect you. I love you. I like that. Thank you. I was I was hoping you would add them with, but but <laughs> you're yeah. dumb. Man. No, no. <laughs> I see you. I respect you. I love you. However, you've got to, you've got to stop talking about Wallace yeah. and Gromit. <laughs> it's gone too far. <laughs> you've gone f- too far this time, Count. <laughs> <sighs> All right, you ready? The two Jedi begin to hunt Dooku in a nearby cave, right? Uh, But the Dark Lord of the Sith ambushes them by causing a sudden collapse of the cave ceiling, causing Anakin to lose his lightsaber, which Dooku retrieves. This distraction allows Dooku an opportunity to exit 
and seal the cave with Anakin and Obi-Wan inside. While the Jedi try to find a way out, Dooku comes upon Hondo Onaka's pirate gang salvaging Woo! his ship. Hondo Onaka! Oh my goodness, it's Hondo! Hondo, Hondo, Hondo! Hondo! Hondo Onaka! Hondo Jack, Onaka! Jack, actually no, Jason, who's Hondo Onaka? Hondo Onaka. Best this is the whole space. reason you wanted to be in this arc. This is because uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You, you like gonna looked lie. ahead, like like oh, Hondo's coming in like six episodes. I want that one. Yeah, uh, Hondo Naka, best uh, space pirate. He is the best space pirate. It's a fact. Yeah, uh, I'm going over his uh, bio. Oh, don't read his bio. Um, I just want to know what what is why do you love Hondo Naka? It's the voice. I mean, it's it's literally, I mean, the voice does it for me. Um, down the road, I mean, it's like he has a, a good mentorship with, um, why can't I think of the main character of Rebels? Um, you say, he's not Ezra's mentor. What are you talking well, about? Not, not like, <laughs> like, there's like a, there's a, there's a budding, like, Oh yeah, there's definitely yeah, there's like, a relationship there's, there's there. Yeah. Like, a, like a I guess buddy cop older brother relationship, relationship going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a buddy cop older brother. I w- he yeah. Hondo thinks he's Ezra's mentor. Ezra does not think that Hondo yes. is Ezra's mentor. Well, okay, Darth Maul also thinks he is Ezra's mentor. Yeah, but Ezra thinks that, that too for a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. <laughs> Very briefly. Anyway, yeah, no Hondo. Hondo is a recurring character who we see introduced right now in the Clone Wars, and he, he shows up for a lot more of the Clone Wars, and also he's a recurring character in Star Wars Rebels. And if yes. you go to Disney World, you also see live-action Hondo in animatronics. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yes, which is so cool. Yeah. That's what I hear. Uh, so yeah, so Hondo, I, Hondo is, is, is a fun uh, space he's, he's pirate. Fun. He's a fun he's space fun. pirate. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of, it's our introduction. It, it seemed clear to me in this arc that they were like almost kind of like testing out the character like they knew it was clear that they wanted yeah. Hondo to be a recurring character uh mm-hmm. but they were like kind of just seeing like do we want him to be more treacherous or do we want him to be more silly and mm-hmm. my guess is silly one out because he's silly he's a very he's a, he's a he's a very silly character but also yeah. like he's, yeah he's definitely like very like cunning and knows what he's he's talking about and like he, he's able to like weasel his way out of a lot of different situations like with his like his signature like cleverness but also just sort of charm and like he his has ability a good to charisma like out of things like yeah, yeah he, he's very charismatic yeah. um he's charismatic and intelligent um yeah. and i Which think that, a, that's uh, a deadly combo yeah 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 <laughs> yeah um but but it's also great that like uh he is a like you know he's not a a villain really like no. he, he's a bad guy in that he's a pirate and yeah. he like he's like selfish and works for himself but also he's like he recognizes like you know, people being honorable, and he like values that yeah. to an extent. Like at the end of the, at the end of the second episode, he's like, uh, he's like, you know what, I I see you guys, you Jedi are, are all right. Yeah. I like you. Um, and that yeah. that relationship kind of continues on once he comes back later on in yeah. in Clone Wars mm-hmm. later. Um, yeah, as as, uh, you, can, as, as, you, kind of, as you kind of see Hondo like, kind of like develop throughout the series, he goes he goes from like because right now he's kind of just more treacherous pirate who happens to be silly. To mm-hmm. he eventually his character kind of eventually evolves into like if Captain Jack Sparrow was a used car salesman in space. Like, <laughs> that's a great yeah. description. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the, actually, so I'm I'm reading the uh, 
like Hondo's Wikipedia page and because I, I wanted to look up uh, some stuff about his voice actor, which is who is Jim Cummings, who is a that's an okay. iconic great okay. voice actor. Um, yeah, but I just I want to look up like what other things he's done. So he's most well known for being the voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988 hey. and also Tigger since 1990. So he's both of those. Wow. Um, yeah, he's very good at like like imitating a lot of like some classic Disney voices. Yeah. Um, and so he's been the voice actor for those characters. He's also been the voice actor for Pete, the the, the Mickey Mouse villain guy. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's also uh, he's he's Darkwing Duck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's also in in some recent Looney Tunes stuff. He's been the Tasmanian Devil. So. Uh. Uh, that's yeah, excellent. Uh, he, yeah, That's so he's good. a great, great voice actor. He's been in a bunch of things. Um, and then, uh, just did you want to say something? Yeah, you look very excited. Yeah, I, something. Did, I did. No, it was on uh, the podcast with Andy. You guys were talking about House of, House of Mouse. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so, and, sorry. And I like, I got like really excited at work when I was listening to it. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go back and, you know, re-listen to a theme song. Um, mm-hmm. Let me think. Um, I'm he he. Uh, sorry, back to Jim Cummings. He voiced Ultra Lord from Jimmy Neutron. Uh, oh, nice! Um, Ultra Lord, the, the the fictional character that Sheen is obsessed with. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, he's like a superhero or something. Yeah, that's great. It's. Uh, I'm trying to think of some another one. Uh, he was Razul from Aladdin. Wait, was that who? Sorry, was that the salesman at the beginning of the movie? No, that the salesman at the beginning of the movie is Robin Williams. That's Robin oh, Williams. Right, yeah, right. I remember being a funny dude. I just I couldn't remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Who's Razul? He's one of the, he's like the lead guard of um Oh yeah. The Sultan. Yeah. yeah. He's he's chasing him uh through the through the streets. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh the we've got we've got swords. Yeah. Oh that's it. Yeah. Cool. Um He's also yeah. I'm, I'm looking at his, now that we're going down this rabbit hole. I'm also on his <laughs> Wikipedia page. Yeah, he's he was the voice of Doctor Robotnik on the original Sonic the Hedgehog no animated series. Way. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly <laughs> who I was looking at. That's perfect. He was uh, he was Cat on Cat Dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great. Uh, um, I love this. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Hondo uh, Wanaka. Amazing character. Um, I want to uh, briefly look at the, the... I was looking at the behind-the-scenes section about this. Um, and fun fact, Hondo's name is derived from the Japanese film director Ishiro Honda and the actor Seiji Onaka, both of whom worked on entries of the Godzilla franchise. Hey. So, fun fact there. Oh, cool. Um, and then uh, Rebels executive producer Dave Filoni stated... Onaka did, in fact, view Obi-Wan Kenobi as his friend, and after the Jedi were all but destroyed by the Empire, the pirate missed the Jedi Order because of the excitement they had brought to his life. He concluded his statement by saying, Onaka was a Jedi sympathizer. 
which I feel like, yeah, that, that's I like that. reasonable. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Yeah. And in this, we see at the end of this arc, like kind of where that sentiment where it comes, comes from. from the origin. Yeah. Of that. yeah, yeah. He sees the Jedi as like, oh, you're actually like kind of cool and honorable. Like, like yeah. I'm an asshole and I did asshole things to you, but you're still yeah. like, but I, I have no quarrel with you. Yeah, like, I, like he's a, like he he might be like not like he might be a sleaze, but he like he at least like knows respectability when he sees it. Yeah, he's a sleaze with a code. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, which the code yeah. is more guidelines. See, yeah, Jack <laughs> I love the. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I I love the quote they put it, the Wikipedia put at the top of Hondo and Aka's page. It's, oh, the stories I could tell, so many of them true. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is exactly his character. Yes. Like, it's, it's yeah. like, anyway, we should probably move on and get to the rest of this. <laughs> so. What? Yeah, we still have two episodes to go. All right, cool. Anyway, uh, so outnumbered and stranded, the Count considers his options. He's outnumbered and stranded by Hondo and Aka's pirate gang. Uh, the Count considers his options and chooses to accompany the Pirate Gang on their ship off the planet. Upon arrival, Dooku discovers that both lightsabers have been removed from his belt, both his personal lightsaber and Anakin's lightsaber. The pirates take him prisoner, hoping to get a ransom from either the Separatists or the Republic. They're just kind of going for the highest bidder. So meanwhile, the Jedi inadvertently dis- disturb the mother of all Gundarks in a cave that, that they're trying to find their out. Uh, so when I was watching this, Gundark is that the same name of like the monster from Force Awakens? What do you think of the what what, what monster? Like in the the where we first see Han Solo in Force Awakens? I don't think so. I think that's a different no. thing. Okay, but I've heard Gundarks before, and I thought I heard it there. Yeah, but... so I'm, I'm looking on the the Gundark Wikipedia page, and there's a. Um, moment where <laughs> the quote at the top is, you look strong enough to pull the ears off a of Gundark, which is something that Han Solo said to Luke Skywalker at some point. Okay. Um, in, in, in The Empire Strikes Back. So that that's probably where that, at least that's where the name of it came from, was probably where it was first mentioned there. Yeah. Um, Got it. I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, um, They did not appear in canon until the first season of Star Wars The Clone Wars, so this is the first time we've actually seen a Gundark, oh. is this. Okay. Um, cool. Also, the the phrase "mother of all Gundarks" sounds like a like an exclamation of like "holy shit!" Like <laughs> it does. <laughs> "Mother of all Gundarks." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although it does say that uh, there were Gundark bones were in Force Awakens. So this appearances. Oh, so yeah. Force Awakens bones only in parentheses. <laughs> bones only. Yeah. Bones That's such a great clarifier. Yeah. Like, yeah, only the bones. Just bones. Bones only is the name of this episode. <laughs> hey, that works. Like it. All right, cool. Bones Mother only. of all Gundarks. We'll see if that's actually the name. Of the we, that we will. All right, so fire. Only you know, listener. Yeah, only you know, having clicked on this and already know what it's called. All right, so yeah. finding the Gundark leads them to conclude they are on Vancor, which they're like, oh, we only see Gundarks in Vancor. I was like, well, guess we're on Vancor. All right, cool. So after rendering the Gundark unconscious, they nearly succumb to poison gas released from a trapped pocket in the cave, just as Ahsoka Tano and a detachment of clone troopers uncover the cave entrance. <clears throat> After Supreme Leader Chancellor Palpatine, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, excuse me, uh, and representatives receive a message from Hondo Onaka concerning a reward for the capture of Count Dooku at the suggestion of Senator Padme Amidala, the Jedi High Council assigns Anakin and Obi-Wan to meet with the pirates to verify that they do indeed have the Count in custody agreeing to the condition that they must arrive unharmed. 
Upon arriving in the twilight, the Jedi are met at gunpoint and escorted to Hondo, who arranges a meeting with their prisoner. After Anakin and Obi-Wan enter Dooku's cell and subtly mock his current imprisonment, Dooku relishes in the thought that the Jedi would soon join him in captivity. The Count warns that the weak way are devious and deceitful, and most importantly, stupid, and that the Jedi underestimated them at their own peril. Upon leaving Dooku's cell, the Jedi are invited to attend a banquet in the Pirate Gang's Grand Hall, which the weak way have no intention of letting the Jedi miss. Informing Mace Windu and Palpatine that Dooku was indeed being securely held by the pirates, Palpatine told them that he was sending Senator Karras and Representative Jar Jar Binks with the ransom in exchange for the Sith Lord. The Jedi take their seat at the banquet and are provided with refreshments, drugged beverages. As Hondo makes made a toast to a successful transaction, the two Jedi switch their drinks with those of the Weakway and Nikto sitting next to them, returning the toast to an alliance with the powerful pirates and new friends. As the Weakway neighbors pass out from their drug drinks that were switched on them, Anakin reflects on how drunken pirates were able to capture the Count when the Jedi could not. Obi-Wan tells him not to be too proud to accept the gift that came their way, whereupon Anakin makes a toast to unexpected gifts. The end of episode one. Okay. That was fun. It was a good episode. Yeah. I love this episode. I like, yeah, I feel like not a ton happens yeah, in this it's episode. More, this episode is more setting up dominoes to all fall down in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of falling down, the... <laughs> the- <laughs> and I get another one get crushed by rocks. They do. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> transitions. I, I love- yeah. That <laughs> speaking of transitions. By the way, yeah. Uh I <laughs> this is totally not a reference anybody cares about, but probably you, Sam. But when I saw that moment, I t- <laughs> the fact that, that Anakin and Obi-Wan like get crushed by rocks and that's what is like their <laughs> their downfall for the moment. I, I couldn't help but think of the the line from the Dudley Do Right movie when he's like, "They've got not, not fair. fair. They've got, got rocks. Oh, I got these machine oh. guns." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is a which is a line that we quote back and forth to each other, but we probably do. nobody else cares yeah. about because that's a a kind of an obscure, not very well reviewed movie. No, but it's but it's, it's a, such a fun. It's movie. a Brendan Fraser movie, and that line is delivered by none other than Alfred Molina himself. Alfred Molina as Snidely Whiplash. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that is that movie was one of our favorites of our childhood. Like specifically middle school, but like Yeah. Yeah. So good. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great movie. Um, that scene, so you were thinking uh Sned the Whiplash. I was thinking the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. The final episode, like the final battle oh, with the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the uh, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, Anakin Obi Wan getting buried by rocks. Where where have I seen this recently? Oh yeah. The Obi Wan Kenobi show, <laughs> yeah. So that's a more logical very reference. Different vibes. Vibes. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because at that point, Vader has the high ground. Oh, oh, oh no! I know that. I know that. Maybe I'll like, come back for the Obi Wan series when we talk about that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I I'm free. Two years from now. <laughs> you have nothing else going on. You don't have kids or a job. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm fine. Also, it's it's just funny how like uh Anakin or Anakin's like first quip to uh Obi-Wan is like, 
did I really have to go in without a lightsaber? Um, and then, of course, it's like in the episode, he loses his lightsaber. Um, yeah, and Obi Wan's lightsaber crafts out. Like the yeah. same, that like yeah. he's like, I don't have a lightsaber. He's like, oh, you'll be fine. And Obi Wan whips out his, is like, it just doesn't turn on. He's like, oh, yeah. whoops. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, inexplicably like, works in the next episode. But we don't need to talk about yeah. that. That was a continuity. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, I'm sure they, I'm, I'm sure they fix it in between. Nope. Impossible. <laughs> Couldn't be done. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, there's also a, like, I mean, this is this is kind of obvious, but I feel like it's worth pointing out the whole like when they when they find Dooku captured, he's in the same like sort of containment field like imprisonment situation that Obi Wan was in during Attack of the Clones. Yeah. They were in reversed positions, you know. That that was a cool callback. There's also a moment at at the beginning when like Obi Wan's going through the prison cells and he like opens one and it's it's got some like weak way in it, uh, and and he's like. Uh, he says, "You're not the prisoners I'm looking for," which is very. These aren't the droids you're looking for. It was, you know? yeah, yeah. Did get that? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you about the what I thought when I first saw it, the weak way, and there's they're like flying saucer-looking spaceships. Uh, uh-huh. My brain is was on Star Trek when I saw it, mm-hmm. and it looked like the like the the main flying saucer portion of like the Enterprise. You know, that kind of detaches mm-hmm. a little bit and has like a like, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. It, I thought it was like a direct homage to that, and then the weak way. Look like Cardassians from Star Trek. Do you remember those, Jack? Okay, I can. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you meant like um, the Kardashians, and I'm like, no. <laughs> they look. No. Yes, they, they, no, we're keeping up bizarre. with these weak way. We keep <laughs> keeping up with the weak way. Yes. No, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, they look like uh, a, a species of alien from Star Trek called the Cardassians. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I, look... I googled it to, to refresh my memory, and yeah, they they, they do look similar. Yeah. They've got similar sort of like ridges on the face. Yeah, and that kind, kind of, of yeah. kind of like a stony looking face. Yeah, like very mm-hmm. like I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Also, when when you said like the the Enterprise thing, I also had there was like a moment when like like the the big saucer didn't remind me of of the Enterprise, but then like there's a moment when they they arrive. One of their saucers arrives at the planet, and then a smaller saucer comes out of it and like shuttles down to the ground. And that one reminded yeah. me of the Enterprise because it's like it's like a saucer, but with a, a thing underneath it. Yep. And I was yep, like, yep. That, okay, that that that, yeah, that, that gives that's me where, Enterprise yeah, because like at first it just this just looks like a flying saucer from like a fifty sci fi movie, like Close Encounters yeah. flying saucer kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, Day of the Earth is still or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but then like you know the 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 smaller little little baby ship looks more like. Like the uh, the Enterprise, and that's that's really where mm-hmm. it kind of thought. But then, like, it just infiltrates. It's a little Starfleet, <laughs> yeah. yeah, little ship, yep. But yeah, so that's what I thought of, and uh, yeah. and then actually the uh, the little ship that uh, Anakin and Obi Wan like steal when they, when they like leave Dooku's ship, yeah, that little one that reminds me of of like the Enterprise like uh, little shuttles that they use in star trek like in the next generation yeah it does so they're kind of like a similar size very, and shape yeah very, you know? very boxy kind of look like chevy astrovans but like not <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. yeah sweet that was a good first episode uh jason yeah. you want to take us away with our moral and your best admiral wolf you'll learn impression <clears throat> i put the i put the link yeah. in the uh in the chat yeah in the discord chat you saw it. So you on the thing. So you'll have the the moral is up at the top under the title. Oh, I've, and then I've got the, it. Pull, I've got it pulled up. Yeah, and then the blue box is the the Admiral yeah. Yarn thing. All right. So, uh, I'll let you so take it away. This, yeah. 
Uh, this is episode 12, The Gungan General, also in 21 BBY. Thank you. Just like appreciate the one you. right before it. Dude, was, yes, thank you. I was, dropping, <laughs> I was, I was slacking. I appreciate, I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Sam. I know. Can't let our, our guest pick up your slack. You know what? Ja- the heck? Jason is our first super fan, so like he, it makes sense that he's the one. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the moral, fail with honor rather than succeed by fraud. Doko, hand for ransom. After escaping capture by Jedi Knights Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, the villainous Count Dooku fell into the clutches of pirates led by the brigand Hondo Anaka. Eager to get into custody of Dooku, the Republic agreed to pay Hondo a hefty sum in exchange for the Sith Lord. But Anakin and Obi-Wan had not counted on the treacherous cunning of Onaka and his band. Excellent. Yay. Well done. Excellent. And you didn't even Good have much. to say an impenetrable fence before doing it. You just jumped right in. Wow. You're better than we are. We have to say an impenetrable fence. <laughs> At least just yeah. contractually, we have to say it. We, we, need, we yeah, need that crush, yeah. We do. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just jumped right I in. Thought about well it. done. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I also want to say something before we start on this episode, which is that, like, inex- <laughs> like inexplicably... The, so at, the, at the end of the last episode, they like are like they probably drugged our drinks, right? And so they switch them out like at the last second because they're they're you know they see through their like like obviously they want to you know yeah they're clever was, they get it yeah and then at it the was, beginning of this episode very, they wake up it was a very princess bride iocane powder kind of kind of situation going on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the beginning of this episode they wake up in a cell and they're like we we were drugged obviously and it's like what what happened between like. <laughs> You being cautious and and avoiding like successfully being like avoiding being drugged, and then some sometime between the end of last episode and this episode, they messed up and I guess got drugged anyway. Yeah, they, no, yeah it was Jack very silly. It was, it was, it was either, it's either like because Anakin's like I only took one sip. I was like, so either it was like two hundred proof alcohol that was going on there. Like it's just like <laughs> like like weapons grade alcohol or. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Hondo really is that cunning and did just, uh, he knew that, like, they might switch the drinks to the guys next to him, so mm-hmm. he just drugged all four of them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's... you know, I feel like that, that, that headcanon makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. That, that's probably what it is. Yeah. I just felt like it, like, from a storytelling perspective, it was very like, oh, that was, okay. Yeah. So why did they do that thing at the end? Why, why did they show them? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it, it's a very, whatever. it's a very yeah. uh, Dread Pirate Onaka. Both of them were poisoned. <laughs> yeah. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, he, mm-hmm. yeah, he had just uh, developed a uh, an immunity to iocane powder. That's all that's going on. Here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great, cool. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, thank you for indulging my princess by references. Anyway, so Anakin and, and Obi Wan <laughs> wake up in the pirates' prison cell, having been drugged the night before, despite their precautions in the previous episode. They also discover that not only is their cellmate Count Dooku, but the three of them are chained together making escape far more difficult due to mutual and unpleasant antipathy. Meanwhile, <laughs> like, this is just silly. It's, it's just like, they're just like, they have, like, they're just like, they are tied together, like handcuffed, and also just like, handcuffed is like chained to the wrist, and then in, like, from their wrist down to their waist, and then that is like to the next handcuff. So it's like, Obi-Wan and Dooku, and Anakin. I think Dooku's in the middle, I think, which like, makes it all that funnier. Um, yeah. 
Wait, no, no, he's on the end. Never mind. It was, I think, Obi-Wan's in the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just very silly. Just like watching three yeah. of them be chained together. and <laughs> Definitely a, a funny, a fun premise. Yeah. It, 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 it is cool to see them throughout this episode, like, sort of like forced to work. There's one great line where Dooku's like, I would strike you both down now if I didn't have to drag your bodies. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it was. It's great. This is a fun, 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 fun episode. This is a good episode, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, meanwhile, Judge Banks and Senator Karis fly to the Weakway Pirates' lair with a bounty of spice on board as a ransom for Dooku. They are accompanied by Commander Stone and five additional clones. Turk Falso questions Hondo's decision to offer Dooku to the Republic, since he thinks dealing with the Separatists would have been more profitable. Hondo responds by saying that he sometimes wonders why he, Hondo, even bother keep him, Turk, around. If they tried ransoming Dooku off to the Separatists, they would simply have sent a droid army there to wipe them out instead of sending the desired ransom. Unfortunately, Turk disagrees and chooses to go by Hondo's back and have his men shoot down the shuttle to sack the ransom for himself. The two pilots and Karis die in the resulting crash, and Jar Jar subsequently gets unintentional command of the surviving clone crew. This is like, this is a this is a, a weird exchange with like Hondo and his like like first mate or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I smell and, mutiny. Yeah, it's very it's it's mm. just like it's a very piratey kind of episode. Yeah. Right. There's just yes. there's yeah. always mutiny. There's always like betrayal, betrayal and yeah. ransoms and, and, whatnot. and whatnot. And yeah. So it and was not and whatnot. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. This 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 thing. Um. And there there was this kind of like the there was a senator and like a a senator and then also Jar Jar were sent to kind of go down and then like when uh Turk when he shoots down the uh the republic ship carrying the two galactic congressmen um that's when the like the main layer is the senator and then there's the representative Biggs. the senator mm-hmm. dies in the crash and now jar jar yeah. is uh the commanding officer of like a troop of clones yeah. Yeah. yeah one of one of the clones walks up to like the the highest ranking clone he's like so uh with the senator dead does that mean you're in charge now sir and he's like Actually, actually, <laughs> Representative yeah. Binks is technically the highest yeah. ranking. And he's like, "Hi, everybody!" Yeah, and this is also this is also which what like this is the first episode with Jar Jar where it's not Ahmed Best. Yeah, or, it's or, very clearly not. It's Ahmed very clearly Best. like yeah. a bad Jar Jar it's, impression. It's Phil. It's Phil Lamar. Like I could. Who's Phil I Lamar? Do you know uh, Phil Lamar is also a very well known voice actor that's yeah. been a million things. Got it. Um, um, let me check to see like who plays him in this episode. Like, just to I'm make sure he's sure. a great dude, but his Jar Jar impression sucks. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's rough. Um it, Yeah. I, I mean, mean I mean the antics, like it was very clearly written for Jar Jar and like is a very well yeah. written Jar Jar thing, but just like it was the the voicing was distracting. Mm-hmm. I get that. You know? Give me one second. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Okay, so yeah. Um, so on the page for Jar Jar, it says, uh, Ahmed Best also voiced the character for some episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars, although BJ Hughes is credited for a few episodes. 
Best claimed in early 2020 that this was, in fact, Phil Lamar, who confirmed it at the end of the year during an Avatar Last Airbender rewatch panel where he talked about the roles he took over in the Clone Wars series. So, yeah, it's credit. It's BJ Hughes, but BJ Hughes is Phil Lamar. Um, so BJ Hughes is Phil Lamar's, like, a pseudonym? Yeah, I guess so. It, 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 maybe okay. it's his, like, is Alan Smithy. It's like, I don't know. All right, do, do you know what that is? No, I Sam? don't know what that is. Okay, so Alan Smithy is a... <clears throat> For a long time, if there was ever a like a film or a television show that a direct like, like somebody directed and then they didn't like how it turned out and they wanted to disavow it, they would instead act to be credited as Alan Smithy. And so Alan <laughs> Smithy is like <laughs> the I don't want my name associated with this director name. And I think it's it's you're no longer allowed to do that anymore. Like the like the Directors Guild of America is like or something is like no, no you, you, gotta, you gotta put your you name on that. Yeah. yeah, but but for a long time, if you ever see anything that says directed by Alan Smithy, it's like, it's like a, it's probably a bad, th- <laughs> bad thing. That's so um, funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so real quick, Phil Lamar. Um, let's see. He, he was in Pulp Fiction for yeah. one thing. Really? Um, yeah. He was also the Wait, voice who, who of he, John. was in Pulp Fiction? Let me see. Um... Oh, he's also the voice of Kit Fisto, by the way. So, ah. um, right, I'm going to Phil Lamar's Wikipedia page. Uh, he played Marvin in Pulp Fiction. Marvin, <laughs> is that the guy that they kill in the car? That they shoot in the car? I think Maybe. So. I haven't actually seen Pulp Fiction, so I only know like certain scenes. Yeah, <laughs> I I watched Pulp um, Fiction once. I liked mm-hmm. it. It's not. It's not a rewatchable movie. It's like a. I watched it. I'm, I don't want to watch a it again. Time. It's a really good movie, yeah. but like gotcha. I don't want to watch it again. Sure. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. So uh, Phil Lamar, he is uh, also known for voicing John Stewart, aka the Green Lantern, in the Justice League animated oh, series. Okay. Um, he's Hermes Conrad in Futurama. Uh, nice. He's, he's the voice of Samurai Jack and of Static Shock. Nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> He's he's the voice of Wilt in Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, who's the tall basketball player. Yes, named after Wilt. Imaginary friend. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, he's also been in a bunch of different things. It, it says uh, he's been in Metal Gear, Jack and Daxter, Dark Siders, Final Fantasy, Infamous, Dead Island, Kingdom Hearts, and Mortal Kombat. Who's he in Kingdom Hearts? That's the important one. Yeah, that one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, video games. Uh, um. Yen Sid? No, there's no Yen Sid. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, maybe. I, but I don't know. Yen was uh, Christopher Lee, wasn't it? It might have been. It, it sounds like it was like Christopher him. Lee. It's very, yeah. <laughs> it was Dooku. I mean, I'm going to look that up, too. <laughs> um, hold on. Let's see. Oh, oh, interesting. So he was um, he was in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, which is the 3DS game. He voiced Phoebus from Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, who is Phoebus, is that one of the the um gargoyles? One, I think he's more one of like the statues. Yeah. Like Yeah. Okay, cool. I think so. Um I didn't realize there's yeah. I didn't realize there's a hunchback world in uh Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It's I, okay. I only played I only played like <laughs> the two mainline ones and then Chain of Memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Distance is a good game. It's it's its worlds are kind of middling. Yeah. Um, okay. but like it, yeah, it's a decent game. Um, anyway, yeah, Philomar, been in a in a bunch of different things. Done a lot of, he's also like he's done a lot of great things. This is not one of he's them. done a lot of great things, and he's also like done a lot of like taking over for other voice roles. He like he's, he's good at doing impressions generally. So he'd, like if they generally. need somebody to like 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Philomar, you're amazing at, at everything except maybe Jar Jar. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry. He, he was, which maybe uh, he knows that because he, he credited himself as. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he didn't put his actual name on it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he was Earth King. The, yeah. The Earth King in Avatar. Last Airbender. Oh. Oh. Cool. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Great. Um, cool. Moon. Uh, Yen Sid is voiced by Corey Greg Burton. Oh, is that so? There you go. Tim. Tim. Uh, Close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, American voice actor. He's the current voice of Captain Hook, Ludwig von Drake, and others for the Walt Disney Company. Nice. Yeah. Another. Another very, I'm sure, prolific voice actor. Yeah. So, anyway, for House of Mouse. (laughs) <laughs> he's 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 a house of mouse yeah player yeah. <laughs> love it all right so uh jar jar uh unintentionally gets command of the surviving clone crew with no choice but to work together the two jedi and the sith try to escape the hangar but are caught and reincarcerated after being spotted by pilf uh obi-wan th- yeah it's a weird name but that's Come on, name. pilf pilf yeah name pilf all right, so Obi-Wan then uses a mind trick to compel the guard to let them out for a second escape attempt. Unfortunately, while trying to pull vault over the base's outer wall, Dooku's chain is shot. Obi-Wan grabs him, and Anakin is forced to lift up all three men, much to his frustration. They are recaptured by Hondo while still hanging from the wall. Turk leads his band to hunt the survivors of the Republic delegation near the Acid Geysers. After a brief skirmish, Jar Jar has the clones jump into a geyser, making the weak ways decide to let the acid kill them. Jar Jar is extremely confident as the local fauna's behavior determines when a geyser is about to erupt, which ultimately saves the group's lives. Uh, basically what happened to this, he sees a bunch of uh, like, I don't know, weird elephant, weird things. elephant things. They kind of look yeah. like blurgs, but like with like elephant trunk kind of things. <laughs> they do look blurgy. They're like blurgs <laughs> from uh, Mandalorian. Uh, but Dead. yeah, so he basically he oh, sees like, scolders. oh, they, they, run, they, they, they scurry away right before the geyser erupts so like we'll just scurry away with them when they when the guys are and then they're fine so it was actually honestly really smart it was a smart it was really, yeah. moment yeah Jar Jar does have his smart moments that's for sure mm-hmm. um we've actually that's seen more smart charger moments than not smart charger moments but we at this point yeah, yeah so far anyway yeah yeah we we can, we'll have to reconsider that whenever it's time for uh uh episode three anyway uh, where was I? Um, great, got it. Uh, returning to the wreckage of the shuttle, they find that the spice ransom is gone. Though the clones recommend waiting for reinforcements, an impatient Jar Jar plans to go after the pirates, riding the Scalders to catch up. Scalders is the name of the uh, the animal. The weird elephant things. The weird elephant things. Scalders. They intercept and defeat the pirates. And with the spice back in hand, they follow a series of power supply lines straight to the pirate base. Does anyone want to explain to our lovely audience how they defeat the pirates and what okay. what brilliant idea Jar Jar has to defeat the pirates? Because All right, Wikipedia I, doesn't tell you about it. I, I love this sequence. Yeah, um, this is a, this this whole sequence, like to me, is is another like. I'm more and more convinced by this, this headcanon idea of Jar Jar is actually force sensitive. It just <laughs> it manifests in in a different way than most people. It just it, it manifests through his kind of clumsy personality. 
because like basically like uh so yeah these these basically these tanks pull up with some of the pirates on it um and the clones are like we can't face them what are we gonna do and charger's like i'm just gonna go talk to them <laughs> and and uh one of the clones is like wait don't do that but then like the clone captain is like no hold on he's he's smarter than he looks he knows what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> and so Jar Jar walks out there and starts talking and he's like, Hey, I'm here to uh get the get Dooku and, and whatnot. Um and they're like, you know what? We're actually just gonna shoot you. And <laughs> and and then through through some series of of, of events and, and Jar Jar being clumsy, he like ends up on top of one of the tanks, trips over something, and ends up accidentally like aiming one of the tanks towards one of the other tanks and blowing everything up and basically doing some very like skilled <laughs> things that are that look like luck and, yeah. and clumsiness oh, yeah. but like yeah. again to me like it, it feels very much like like drunken master style yes like yes <laughs> like like this is even even if Jar Jar's not intentionally doing it I feel like it, I really like the headcanon of he's force sensitive and that's why he's so good at doing these things like seemingly accidentally yeah because he, he definitely like he like climbs up onto the ship and then trips and goes oh oops and then pushes all the right buttons to turn the tank to face another tank and blow up one tank and then backs into the yes. other one yeah it's incredible yeah <laughs> and and the and the clone's like yep like yep he's he knows what he's doing he's good <laughs> yeah it's it's silly but the, it's, it's it's silly and it's it, very good in the right way yes. in the best way for Jar Jar to be yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So they follow the power supply lines that they all blew up. So the power goes out, right? Uh, they knock on the power. Like, they, the final tank that gets knocked out knocks into the power lines, and the power goes out at the pirate base. So upon his return to the base, Turk... Yeah, so not, not only yeah, not only does Jar Jar defeat all those tanks for them, but also he knocks out the power, thereby freeing Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, because yeah, Dooku's cell opens, because they're stored in separate places at this point. Yep, yeah. yep. All right, so upon uh, his return to the base, Turk lies to Hondo, saying that the Republic brought an army to free the Jedi, and suggests uh, and suggests dispatching tanks to counterattack. Hondo reluctantly agrees, saying that he will deal with the Jedi himself. The tanks depart and are quickly spotted by Jar Jar, who alerts the clones. Commander Stone sends Jar Jar to negotiate, knowing that the... Oh, this is the part we just talked about. And that the yeah, so, absolutely will be useful. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So what what they were actually what we skipped was actually there was a like a a motorbike sequence basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what happened before, and then the tank thing happens now. Yep. But yeah. Got it. The, cool. I was like, anyway, did we just yeah. talk about this? But yeah, no, we skipped a yeah. scene in our brains. Anyway, so Hondo becomes increasingly annoyed with the Jedi, particularly Anakin's brash comments, believing that negotiation has already failed. He tortures Anakin and Obi-Wan with electrical currents while Dooku remains locked in his cell. As the pirates take him hostage, Jar Jar accidentally rams one tank into another, causing both tanks to collide with the power supply lines and subsequently shutting down the power grid. The weak ways attempt to kill him, only for the clones to hold them at gunpoint. When the power outage hits the base, the Jedi and Dooku separately take their, the opportunity to escape. Dooku kills Turk and takes off in a ship. Anakin and Obi-Wan retrieve their lightsabers and take Hondo hostage before meeting Jar Jar outside. Obi-Wan tells Anakin to let Hondo go, as they don't have any quarrel with him since Dooku had escaped. Hondo commends the Jedi on their honor, but Obi-Wan reminds him that Jedi that Dooku is likely to seek revenge on him before the Twilight takes off. And 
The end. Yay. All right. Yeah, that was a, that was a fun episode. It was very fun. That was a more fun episode than the first one. Like the first one, like I think opened strong with like the the whole sequence with uh, Anakin and Obi Wan on the ship, and then chasing Dooku down. Yeah. And then I think the the stuff in the cave was kind of cool and fun, but like, uh, for the most part, the the first episode felt more like set up for the second episode. You know. Yeah. Um, and seeing the the stuff with uh Obi Wan and Anakin and Dooku together, and kind of the the quips and the banter, and then like the there's there's a moment when like uh do like the first time they're trying to break out of their cell dooku's like using the force to grab a knife from the other side of the room to like open the their cell door and um and dooku says something like uh kenobi tell your apprentice to to like quiet his insolence so that i can concentrate and and everyone's like anakin quiet your insolence the count needs to concentrate (laughs) very sassy but it's like oh this is great i love this and anakin anakin sass right back was like i think it was something like oh that's something like you'll never see or something something like that Mm. yeah yeah Yeah, anakin had some good sass moments too There, there was definitely there were some jabs at at and uh dooku being old like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, yeah you know yep gosh this was uh, so, yeah that, that was great yeah this was such a fun arc yeah also just just yeah. seeing like anakin like two jedi and a sith lord having to work together to try and break out of jail and repeatedly failing <laughs> was super that's, fun yeah, and that's like, like on, the moment when itself. they all like pole vault they try to pole vault over the wall is like i thought that was a cool like fun moment it's like yeah oh that's that's actually impressive like three force wielders using one pole to vault over to a wall and they almost succeed and then they get captured again yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no. there's a lot of people like like most of the the mvp discussion is gonna be interesting to me because like there's a lot of like cool moments but most of the people in these episodes are pretty incompetent or like it's it's just them failing at things yeah, yeah. like like they fail at, at capturing dooku and then dooku gets captured by the pirates and then the jedi and dooku like can't escape on their own and the, like it's just a, a whole lot of like you know things not going according to plan repeatedly yeah yeah no. um jack yeah, no. i I uh, was looking on the page, and I found mm-hmm. an answer um, to how how they got captured. So at the beginning of the episode, we see Obi-Wan and Anakin waking up after being drugged from the drinks. Um, however, the previous episode, they switched them. Uh, the show originally had web comics posted on the official Star Wars website which tied in to these episodes. Uh, Wait, really? And this, yeah. Apparently. Uh, this this was the story that required you to read the comics to understand how Anakin and Obi-Wan were captured by the pirates. Pilf gassed the entire room. Pilf? What? Pilf. Like, yeah. oh. That's cool. That's cool that there actually is an, ex- like a, an explanation oh, yeah. for it. That's cool. Yeah. It makes me feel a little bit better about it. I like my it does feel a little weird that they told like, it in the webcomic. I like, yeah. I like my IOC powder example better, but <laughs> yeah. but I, I do like yeah. there is a canonical explanation. Yeah. Although this podcast only covers all of film and TV in a chronological order, it does not cover webcomics. Sure. It does not. 
No. So, no. as far as I'm concerned, Iocane Powder you is You are just still right. Valid. You are still right. <laughs> yeah. That is cool, though. No, yeah, that, no, no, yeah. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Well, neat. Yeah. Um, Jason, did you have a favorite moment from this whole arc? From the whole arc? Wow. Uh, I... Uh, I particularly particularly loved the uh, Obi Wan and Anakin sass at uh, the beginning mm. when Anakin, you know, got captured. Uh, I did air quotes because that was all a uh, shenanigan sort. Oh yeah, it was the plan all along. <laughs> it was a shenanigan. Yeah, it yeah. was a big shenanigan. Is, uh, but, but we, we we talk about so I'm not to interrupt you, but we talk about sometimes like of like Anakin intentionally like breaking like like com- intentionally committing war crimes like becoming yeah. like becoming a prisoner <laughs> on purpose is this is this an Anakin war crime is that what's happening here I think so I don't know like, I, is it, I, pretending I, to be a prisoner is that or no no fake surrender is is a war crime yes yeah. right and obi-wan does that obi-wan does it in the clone Obi-Wan's wars already done that anakin will do that soon mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah no i don't think never mind yeah does get does intentionally getting yourself captured count as fake surrender like that's a good question i mean because i feel like it doesn't because like you are act- like he was actually he was captured, actually, captured. Yeah. actually have to be saved yeah. by obi-wan it was just a way for him to get onto the ship more easily <laughs> yeah i guess I feel like that's more breaking and entering than like war crime yeah, yeah yeah anyway jason i'm sorry i interrupted you i want i just wanted to make no, sure that, no, no, that no, you're, didn't you're get, good. get uh, undiscussed no that, i mean that's an important thing uh i like that moment but i think if i had to go from the overall arc um i just enjoyed hondo's cunningness um mm. mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, he knew to kind of leverage, uh, you know, both Sith and Jedis. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he, so he knew how to how to mitigate risk and and take the right risks in order yeah. to like get what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. It didn't ultimately work out the way he wanted it to. No, but like. Honestly, he had a, he had a good plan for yeah. what it was worth. <laughs> it's good that he's going to play both sides to get the the, uh, the most advantageous deal yeah. for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's not he's not dumb. I, he's not dumb. No. Yeah. Um, and then I this was this is what caught me. Um, I guess especially just because Obi Wan, or no, I'm sorry, Book of Boba Fett is like still kind of fresh. Uh, the the talk of spice, like that's that's what uh, he wanted, and I'm like I didn't realize how impactful you know the spice trade game was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I know I, like- I know down the road that's uh that's gonna be a huge plot. I think it's like six or or. Uh, Season six or seven, mm-hmm. maybe six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, spice spice, spice is yeah. huge. Um, just kind of the Star Wars universe. It's not it's not like actively explored all the time, but it's just spice. Uh, for our listeners who aren't aware, is 
basically just like drugs in Star Wars. It's not like paprika, Sam. No, it's not like <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> not chili it's not, powder. It's not like garlic. garlic. No, I thought it was more like uh, Tony Chattery's Cajun seasoning, which is my favorite thing to put on <laughs> too many things. Mm, mm, we love it. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, no spices, drugs, spices, drugs, and it's do spice, and it's kids. actually uh, directly stolen from Dune. Because Dune was all about spice, and like, like they literally yeah. called it drugs. Let the spice flow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I guess, yeah, that is a, a direct. It's, it's, it's Dune direct reference, isn't it? Yeah. Dune. And like George mm-hmm. Lucas will tell you that too. It's like, yeah, that's Dune. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, George Lucas is not like he's open about all the things he steals from. Yeah, he's, he's like, you no, know, stealing in in the right. He steals. He steals like an artist. Yeah, it's were, which you know? he'll just call it an homage, and it's not stealing. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, but honestly, like, yeah, you know, sure. there's that Picasso quote, like, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." Yeah, you know. Like so, yeah. So, spice. That's spice. Yeah, yeah and like we, our, I think our first like time we ever hear about spice in Star Wars, like listen, like release order, uh, is like when we hear about like the spice mines of Kessel. We hear about that in the original trilogy, and like um, when Han Solo talks about like the Kessel Run, he was running spice. Like Han Solo was mm-hmm. like he was smuggling spice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then the the movie Solo like covers that event, and we 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 see like a spice mine and stuff too in in Solo. Yeah, so so yeah, spice is big in Star Wars. But yeah, indeed, delicious, delicious spice, mm, spice. <laughs> like I know it's drugs, but every time they say spice, I just think of like, hmm, this probably smells good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like pumpkin spice, right? That's mm, oh yeah, some some spice. Yeah. Some Star Wars PSLs, blue, <laughs> blue pipe and spice lattes. Oh gosh, Sam, did you have a favorite moment from this episode? Um, honestly, other than like the sass, like the so much sass, <laughs> like Jason said, like the the sass in the first episode. My favorite was like uh, the when Dooku and Obi Wan and Anakin are all captured together. And just like yeah. the like, just the constant jabs going on. Yeah, that was so much fun. And then like, uh, like the kind of like final scene with Hondo is like, you guys aren't that bad after all. Kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like yeah. It it was very like eighties action movie. Like I respect you, man. Kind of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, game recognized game. Yeah, that kind like, of thing. It was yeah. like I. It was just a lot of a lot of great character work in these episodes and just a lot of yeah, fun yeah like i love this is just such so much fun so much fun hmm. so that's probably yeah. my my two favorite thingies um jack oh sorry jason were you gonna say something oh no sorry sorry i was just gonna say like i feel like that trope of um dooku and anakin and obi-wan or really uh that combo of a Sith and Jedi could be like, you know, they could have used that again later on in mm. Clone Wars, set up something totally different, and it would still be a good, good episode. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a it's a great pairing there. Yeah, yeah, the the three of them. I, honestly, I would love to get like a. <laughs> like a sitcom where the three of them that's, have to share an apartment. Yes, like, <laughs> um, that's that's exactly what I was thinking too. I'm like, dang, if they just make a sitcom, like, uh, I, I 
can't yeah. I can't even think of what it would yeah. be. Just thinly veiled hatred and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it just, it, the first thing yeah. that came to mind was like it's JD Turk and Dr. Cox. Like that's that's what we have going on. Right here. <laughs> of course he goes of course Sam goes scrubs. Yeah. Is his yeah. Yeah, it, it, to me it gives it gives almost like Bert and Ernie vibes, like yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know, Duke who's yeah. the grumpy one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I, my favorite movie was, was I was gonna say the same thing about the the ending scene with uh, with Hondo and the Jedi, and like, a, like there there are a couple things I like that about that. One is that like. You know, Obi Wan and Anakin, despite being literally tortured, like they they were like shocked in, you know, and then kept in in imprisoned the whole time. Uh, they still walking away from it. Were like, at least Obi Wan was like, we have no quarrel with you. Like, you know what? We're we're done here, and I'm out of here. And like, whatever. Like, I don't. <laughs> they they don't indulge in vengeance, right? You know, yeah. if it was as, just Anakin, as, you know, like that place would have been burned to the ground. That's a whole. Different oh yeah, yeah. Story. No, Anakin. If it was if it was Anakin by himself, it would have been uh, what a different story. But yeah, <laughs> I like the fact that we get like you know Obi Wan's chill about it. He's he's like, yeah, we have no quarrel with you. We don't we don't indulge in vengeance. Um, and he's like, yeah, but Dooku, meanwhile, uh, he knows where you live. So, <laughs> but yeah, but then just that like that that moment of. Uh, Hondo recognizing like, oh, Jedi are kind of cool, actually. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're very different and we have different goals and different methods of doing things, but I respect your methods and your, your principles and the fact that you stick to them, you know? Yeah. I, I think Hondo has has a respect for people with principles, even if he himself doesn't necessarily, like, like he, his principles are much more selfish, but he also, but he like respects the, the sort of the, the code that Jedi, the Jedi follow, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like that moment because I feel like that's the first moment where we get like, like, like you said, that does sort of establish the uh, the relationship between Hondo and the Jedi going forward, which is that like he, you know, it, it's it's less like straight antagonistic and more like, you know, we we might like quarrel sometimes, we might get into conflict, but ultimately like like I, I respect you. And and he's in, in a very kind of like in that sort of jovial like fun loving way that that Hondo has about him, yeah. you know, it's great. And then yeah. we get to see more of that in in the future with uh with Ezra and uh, in Rebels, um, which I, this kind of puts more of a, an interesting perspective on things. Thinking about like, uh, you know, when I read earlier that that quote from from Dave Filoni about like uh, Hondo being sad when the Jedi were all wiped out, um, and then suddenly at, at one point like 10 years or whatever into uh the reign of the empire uh he runs into a set of jedi and he's like oh, i get to hang out with the jedi again yeah. like yeah. it's kind of sweet in a way it's yeah it's so fun yeah uh mvp who's our mvp this 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 time around jason do you have any thoughts oh i feel like it's only one obvious answer that would be <laughs> Hondo Naka. I mean, that's that's my thought too. Is like, yeah. the, like honestly, the the number of times, like, like if you look at all the other characters, they all do cool things, but they also all fail a lot. Like, uh, like Dooku gets captured multiple times and has to run away and, and gets recaptured, and um, Anakin and Obi Wan, like, Anakin loses his lightsaber and Obi Wan's lightsaber breaks, and they lose Dooku, and then they get captured multiple times, and uh. And then, I mean, the only, the only person who's, like, 
consistently successful in this is Jardar. <laughs> so, like, I feel like that's the other argument you can make is, like, Jardar being the MVP just because he was honestly, weirdly, Jardar was the most competent, like, <laughs> most, or at least most which successful. Is, which is scary. I mean... <laughs> which is scary. Is scary. <laughs> what world are we living in now? Yeah, because we had Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Chosen One, Anakin Skywalker, and the, the, the Count of Sereno, Dooku, like... Like, three of the Dark most powerful Paranus. people, like, in the galaxy, and then Jar Jar was the most competent. Like, yeah. even yeah, more yeah. so than Hondo, like, <laughs> competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I, mean, I feel like we have to give it to Hondo. Oh, yeah. If for no other reason than, like, we love him, and, like, this is our first opportunity to recognize Hondo as being great. But also, yeah. he, he does, like, he does a good job consistently. Like, I mean, other than the fact that he doesn't recognize that his his first mate is clearly betraying him. Yeah. yeah um, that's beyond, other than that, like he, he's, you know, we talk about, he's, he's good at planning and he's, he's cunning and he's, he's smart about how he does things. He's like, you don't, yeah, he, he says it at one point early on, like you don't survive this long in the criminal underworld without being smart, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah no, Hondo, I, I would agree. I would Hondo. agree that it's Hondo, but for like a slightly different reason. Um, okay. Because Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Dooku are all kind of, like, they kind of, like, form, like, like a trio in this episode. They mm-hmm. kind of, like, act as a unit. But yeah. Hondo, sure. Hondo okay, shines yeah, on his own, right? Exactly. You know, does, like, yeah. yeah. So I think for that reason also, like, Hondo deserves the MVP in this episode. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, Hondo. Hondo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Hondo, definitely our MVP. Um, stats for this episode. Um, we do get... Two kills. Uh, Dooku kills two Weequay pirates. So, oops, that's uh, we get we get two kills for Dooku. Um, I think that's it in terms of I think so too. main character kills in this set in these episodes. Um, no lost limbs that I can remember, and I did not hear any Wilhelm screams. Me either. Uh, nope. So yeah. Uh, and finally, more Star Wars is better. Star Wars. How does this episode make the movies and the rest of Star Wars better? Hondo. Hondo. <laughs> it's Hondo. It's Hondo. It's, Hondo. It's, it's Hondo, and also I think the the sort of <laughs> the, the relationship between Anakin Obi Wan and Dooku, I feel like just that whole sequence of like, yeah. um, I, I feel like you know it. We don't see it very much, but there are a few brief moments in these episodes of like, sort of like respect for each other a little bit. Like there's yeah, I you know, can... there's a moment when uh, Obi Wan uses a, a Jedi mind trick to like get them out of the cell, and Dooku like you know without any sass goes uh, yes most impressive master kenobi like yeah. he's like yeah no i i again game recognized game yeah like yeah um yeah, I th- yeah so, so we get that out of it yeah. but yeah hondo i think also um this is we, we mentioned this already but this is our first real anakin and obi-wan episode so this is our first kind of view yes. into like an extended view like because mm-hmm. we, we get like we've gotten glimpses and them kind of sass each other back and forth this is our first like but those are usually just like a couple scenes out of an episode this is our first like mm-hmm. two episode arc where it's mostly Anakin and Obi Wan going back and forth, and like mm-hmm. we get to see a glimpse into the relationship, and the relationship really is more like big brother, little brother than master and apprentice, and we kind of like mm-hmm. really get yeah. to see an insight into their characters, and um, it it sets the tone for a lot of the rest of what we see. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, I was, uh, oh, sorry, okay, sorry. Um, no, I was going to say, I mean, I know you're talking about how more Star Wars is always better Star Wars, but less Jar Jar can be better 
Star Wars, <laughs> especially in this episode. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit. I think Jar Jar. I like, mean, Jar Jar was it was pivotal in this episode. Oh no! Sorry, I guess I think I'm if it was on my best, speaking, I would. I think you'd probably agree that Jar Jar was really great in this yes, episode. But because it wasn't on my best, you don't like voice. him. Yeah, it's the voice. Yeah, like action wise, like it's it's fair. Um, and I mean, in my head, ever okay, Sam. Ever since uh, the mayor of Cincinnati called out Patrick Mahomes for yeah. being, he's like. Oh, Joe Burrow's your daddy. I'm like, that's such a Jar Jar thing to say. <laughs> so Very in my mouth head, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in my head, that's just I've just seen uh, the Cincinnati mayor as Jar Jar. Um, <laughs> Oops. And I mean, I guess it's like I get that Jar Jar in the second episode was just you know comedic relief in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the voice just, you know, that was over here, and I'm like, that's the Jar Jar I associate with the mayor of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the bad Jar Jar. Bad Jar Jar. Jar. No, I get that, yeah. The, the voice is rough. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rough not in great. This episode. It's not great. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can't relate because we have a good mayor in Kansas City, so. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> that's that that is fair <laughs> yep all right fellas we did it we we did it Ooh. no voicemails this time but we, hey we do what we do have a text message though <gasps> true yes we, we sam and i got a text message from our dad briefly uh right before this episode yeah recorded um sam do you want to read it off sure so uh so his message says, sorry, I'm behind on the podcast. I'm on episode 11. So this is episode 18. So dad, catch up. Also, we've only released like three well, more fair, past that. Yeah. yeah. Not he's, all he's only two or three behind. Yet. He's only two or three behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a busy guy, too. Anyway, so during this, I had a thought. Like you guys talk about, did Jedis evolve to generals in the war? Jedis are more like Texas Rangers. One riot, one ranger. So usually it's just like the kind of just the sheriff role in the town. Just one guy kind of clears the things. So how did Jedis, who are trained to be self-sufficient, solo interventionalists, become generals over large armies? What do we think that was like, guys? Yeah, I was, I, I, yeah, I, I responded a little bit to, to what he said in our, in our text chain. But basically, uh, the way I thought about it, um, I was like, yes, first of all, good question. Like, I was kind of wondering the same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that there's a period of time between Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars that we haven't really seen where, like, you know, the, the Clone Wars movie or like, you know, the beginning of what we see in the Clone Wars chronologically is chronologically is uh, obviously it's it's a ways into the Clone Wars. Like they've already established, they've already figured out, they've gotten into a rhythm, they've figured out how to be generals and how to command troops. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of old hat for them at this point. Like they, they get it. Um, but obviously there must have been some sort of transition period between like, by the way, we have an army now <laughs> to... Okay, we're commanding an army now. Like, like yeah. I'm, I am curious to see. Like, I want to see stories from that era. That like little period of between when the clone, like the moment the Clone War started in Attack of the Clones, to like, like what, what were those early like weeks and months like when they were trying to get things going, yeah. get the yeah. ball rolling, get like figure out what like what what are the Jedi's role in 
this war and how do they interact with the troops and in with the government and, and you know yeah there's yeah. a lot of questions there about like how did how did this come to be and also i think there's a, a a valid criticism to be made about like you know jedi are supposed to be keepers of the peace not soldiers as mace windu yeah. says um and you know I, I think that's that's one of the one of the, the the ways in which the jedi sort of lose their way is that they choose to take part in this war and become soldiers fighting other people's battles rather than like following their their hearts yeah. and following like what they feels right in the force as maybe they more ideally should yeah um yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, if, you, if you want to see it like i know there there aren't a lot of stories like in canon that take place during this but the one that i am aware of and I've referenced it a handful of times before. And Dad, I think you'd really like this book if you haven't read it already. Um, I listen to an audiobook, and the audiobook's fantastic. Um, is uh, the novel Brotherhood, which uh, kind of covers the the thing on Cato Memoria that they reference in episode three, where that business on Cato Memoria doesn't doesn't count. Doesn't, like doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the business on Cato Memoria. But one of the early scenes in the book if i remember correctly is our our novel introduction to ahsoka and um ahsoka being assigned to anakin and they kind of they talk about how they accelerated the um youngling to padawan process because of the war um and they're like we, yeah we need to conscript more child soldiers literally that's what they do makes the most yeah. sense <laughs> yeah speaking of war crimes and it was like yeah it was Palpatine and Mace Windu, I think, were the ones who were like really pushing for it, which is like the least surprising thing ever. That's yeah. Thanks, yeah. Mace. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, now, Jack, and, he, would... and Mace is also the one who said Jedi are supposed to be keepers of the peace, not he's soldiers, not and yet he's Jedi. like all he on goes board on with to it. be like the most soldiery Jedi ever. <laughs> he drinks the Kool Aid very quickly. Oh, yes. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, no, Jack, you were saying earlier that like you would have loved to see, loved to have seen what like the time between um, Attack of the Clones and the Clone Wars when they're figuring out how to be generals and, like, mm-hmm. life of the, the soldiers. And in my head, the first thing that went to my head, the first, yeah, first thing that popped in my head was, you know, seeing Pong Krell, like, in his evolution. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I want to see that, but also I don't. <laughs> that's i i get that feeling about pong crow yeah it's a morbid yeah it's a morbid curiosity yeah. yeah i would definitely be curious to yeah to kind of see like a younger pong crow was there a point at which crow was like you know not so so much of like a hard ass and, yeah. and, and yeah. so much of a and also a, like a cynic and a sort of like i've given up on the ideals of the jedi like how how early on did that start you know, that, yeah. that's an interesting character that we could definitely, I, I would love to see more of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I, like, we got that with Dooku, um, thanks to mm-hmm. Tales of the Jedi, because we saw, like, yes. um, we saw, like, when he, you know, gave up uh, the Jedi-hood and joined the Sith-hood. Yep. So, Yeah. The, Sith, the sisterhood. The, sisterhood. <laughs> the, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> All right, I quit. 
I can't do it anymore. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this content is no longer unlimited. <laughs> right. We have found the limit. Yeah, this content may be unlimited, but our friendship is not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no. Take it back. I broke our friendship with my bad Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants joke. Uh, <laughs> Who knew it? That that's what we're doing. That was a good one. That's the final straw. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dad, thank you for the question. That was great. That was a yeah. really good question. Uh, Jack, if anyone else wants to ask questions or give feedback or anything else, how do they do that? Well, if you'd like to join in the discussion, leave a voicemail at 512-850-6653, and we might feature your comments, questions, or corrections on the podcast. And again, that phone number will be in the description of the episode, as always. Yeah. Yay! All right. Well, thank you again very much, Jason, for joining us. It's 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 been so great to have you on the podcast multiple times before and to hear your questions and your feedback. Um, it's great to have to know we have a consistent listener. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, it's nice. <laughs> yeah. um, but also just to, to finally have you here, like in well, virtually in person. Yeah, you know? for, yeah. But, but like, yeah, to, to have you yeah. like get to act, yeah, live, live and get to have you actively participating and get to hang out with you. It's it's all it's it's been great. Yeah. yeah, it's been great getting to see him. No, it's a, it's yeah, it's just blast. good to see you again, Jason. <laughs> we haven't, we, haven't yeah. we we text back and forth a lot, but like I haven't spoken yeah. to you like over the phone or anything in a while. So it's it's good to see your face, hear your voice. You're a good man. Love you, brother. You too. Um, I had a thought earlier at work, and that's dangerous. Alex <laughs> is getting ordained diaconately in like two years. Who is? Alex. Oh, Alex, yeah. Yeah, Alex, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alex, my best man, and me and Jason's mutual friend. Yeah. For the listeners. Oh, and my, and my best best man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. he was both of our best oh. men. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple best men? Yeah. Mutual well, is best he, Is he the godfather to one of your children? He is not. Uh, uh, I got would, you there. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> um, I mean... We could do a podcast. Don't have another kid just to do that. Then. No. Wait, oh. <laughs> no, I was going to say no. It would be, uh, be fun to have him. He's not, he's not a Star Wars guy, though. He's uh, he's talked a little bit about it. Because, um, like, I was uh, saying earlier, like, Zach and Dalton and I, like, we text each other every day and... Alex, you know, hasn't abandoned us for our uh, D&D group. Um, I don't know. Alex Alex isn't opposed to Star Wars, but he just doesn't like... I know he's not opposed to Star Wars, but like he does... Like yeah. He isn't a huge Star Wars fan. He doesn't like watch Marvel stuff. Like, yeah. this is not his, his thing. He's a different yeah. kind of nerd. He is. Yeah. Yeah. But we he's, love he's him. a bookworm. Yeah. Yep, he's a good guy. Alex, why don't you listen to the podcast? Come on. It's your favorite people here. And also Jack. So, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah. I'm also here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, this is a lot of fun, but it's like 11 o'clock. And yeah. I work tomorrow. Uh, this is a, this might is, be our longest is, episode so yeah, far, which is yeah. shocking. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I know, Jason. This was not surprising to me. <laughs> I don't mind. Um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, thank uh, you all for joining us. Um, join us next time uh, when we'll be talking about The Clone Wars Season 1, Episodes 13 and 14, Jedi Crash and Defenders of Peace. Ooh. Uh, so fun. Yes, yeah, so another another pair of episodes next week. And uh, 
yeah, in the meantime, stay safe, stay cool. If you're in one of the parts of the country that is blisteringly hot, like like Texas is, um, and uh, may the force be with you all. Good night. Good night. Bye, everybody. All right, cut the chatter. Roger, Roger.